What's good, everybody? Hope you had a happy new year. This is the Misrep Podcast with Canal, and I'm joined here with Adam. How you how you doing, Adam? I'm good. And hey, everyone. Hopefully, y'all had a good, you know, a good holiday season, whatever you celebrate. Um, it is now 2023, and uh, yeah, new new things, new beginnings, and of course, just trying to trying to be a better me one day at a time. That's what I'm trying. Dude, to are do you one day. of those New Year, New Me people? Because man, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not a New Year like New Year, New Me. You know, but the same old BS. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I was about to say uh, I'm a I'm a New Year, same piece of crap that I normally am. <laughs> right, um, same me, different year. But, um, you know, I'm trying to, for me, just do some stuff personally, try to push that needle to be a better me one day at a time, even if it's a 1% or even less than 1%, because at the end of the day, you know, we're going to, we're going to make something shake. We're going to make something happen. That's, uh, that's how I see 23 right now, because honestly, the, from like what, 2020 to 2022, it's just been one huge blur. So, you know, I need something new over here, but, uh, unfortunately we kind of, um, we kind of started on a like a pretty serious note in the NFL world. That is, yeah, we're recording this one day after the uh, scary events in, uh, involving Demar Hamlin. So, mm-hmm. quick context on the situation: De- Demar Hamlin, safety for Bills. Um, Bills and Bills and Bengals were playing their Monday night matchup. It was a highly anticipated matchup. Bills are really hot. Bengals are extremely hot. Um, early in the game. Uh, uh, Joe Burrow threw to T. Higgins. T. Higgins caught it, and he shouldered uh, Demar Hamlin in the chest. Um, it looked like a pretty standard hit. Hamlin got back up, and then like shortly after, he collapsed. And that's when you know paramedics were called out. Paramedics stabilized him and tried to perform CPR on him because his heart <laughs> his heart wasn't beating. And so, yeah, uh, as of right now, the latest thing I've seen, his vitals are stable, but he's still in critical condition. He's intubated. Um, just kind of a scary situation overall. What'd you think? Um, yeah, his family even like put out a thing, uh, just saying like, you know, he, it's stabilizing, not stabilized fully, but, um, a lot of fans even like kind of came, uh, Bill's, uh, Bill's fans and other fans, I think even stopped by the hospital outside, things of that nature. But like, it was very scary. Um, I think from what, like the footage I saw, Besides the actual hit, I saw the footage of like, you know, you see a lot of players crying because like he was like, it's like he fell back and he was like, he was gone. Like people witnessed a body, unfortunately, um, during the game. And uh, yeah, nine minutes of CPR. I just I saw that little detail flying around. There were like for like about nine, like seven to nine minutes. There was like CPR being given to him or being done on him. And it was just, man, he, you know, he couldn't breathe on his own either. It was that bad. Uh they had to put like a tube in his, like just like through his throat and stuff like that. So he can breathe, couldn't breathe on his own, but you know, I'm praying for praying for that man. But um, one of the good things that came out of it was that his charity that he started like a while ago actually has raised over 4 million. I believe that was for, um, I think it was either like for buying supplies. If not, it was like another, it was a, it was a, I forgot the, the specific charity, but it raised over $4 million. A lot of players, bills, mafia, what have you chimed in on that? And just his goal was only 150 K, but it went to 4 million. So that just shows you, um, you know, all the good, the good things coming around, even like you even had the commissioner come down and say something about it. All the NFL teams on Twitter um, changed their profile pictures today as well. 
and uh, the only thing we can do is just pray for the man. And you know, this is just one of those things that when you are on the field, this can even this can have. This is one of those things that uh, it's just an ugly situation, like the ugly side of football that not many people talk about. This can happen even from high school all the way up to professional. So it, you know, we, people actually seen it. Um, you can't do anything about that because I forgot the actual condition name, but the whole thing was. T. Higgins trucked him right in a particular part of his chest around his heart at, at, a, at a very specific time. Like it's like a, I wouldn't say it's a one in a million type of chance, but it's like a very like rare thing to do to like hit him at that specific time with his, with his heartbeat. But that's what happened. Um, praying for him, praying for his family, you know, just ho- I need him to pull through it. Uh, I saw a lot of uh, like, I saw JJ Watts tweets and stuff like that. And um, man, it was scary. Very scary. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's part of the, you know, we often enough, whenever injuries injuries happen in this league, we say that's just part of the game. But something like this, that just kind of comes out of, out of nowhere where um, literally he collapsed. It just didn't look like he was, he, he, he looked lifeless, to, for lack of a better word. Um, and, you know, I can't even imagine what, the, what his teammates, you know, people that consider him a brother um, on the field, what they were thinking. You know, obviously, we could tell it was really emotional. I mean, even back, I think uh, back when I was in high school, I can't remember where it happened, but I think something similar happened to a high school football pa- football player, um, and you know the, the the kid. Unfortunately, you know the the um, NFL has paramedics on site and that kind of thing for these kind of situations. So fortunately for Hamlin, he was able to get medical care pretty quickly, at least mm-hmm. um, to uh, kind of uh, you know settle uh, stabilize what they can. But um, I think when I was in high school, a kid actually actually um, passed away or like on the field. And after that, you know, every school pretty much got a defibr- defibrillator, mm-hmm. um, you know, just uh, uh, that's just kind of what happened with it because it was one I remember of those, those things. Days. I think we happened. To, I think it, ha- it definitely happened here once or twice in Texas during my high school years, too. So it's a very scary thing like you know it's, it's it's more scary than like oh i went to block somebody and then my acl just said you know what i want to rip today right because yeah, your heart's still beating ain't it <laughs> right um <laughs> That's so kinda... in that you know it's it's just one of those just like it's like man it's like you know what they say you're in the like wrong time wrong you know wrong place and all that stuff it's like the right timing the right place unfortunately so it's uh yeah, it's it's a scary thing. I want him to pull out of it. I need him to pull out of it because that's wild right now. Um, oh, the game itself, uh, for those that haven't seen it um, out there, is not going to... Well, right now the NFL hasn't really come out to say like if they're going to resume the game. It's not going to be this week, but uh, I'm not sure if they're going to reschedule it or not. But right now, it's, you know, obviously it's the day after, so that's not even like the most important topic at the moment. So Because the Bills and the Bengals, when it happened... Actually, there was a thing where the officials were were telling both of the coaches on the teams that like we'll, we'll give you like I forgot like what was it like fifteen minutes or thirty minutes to warm up and they were just like no what game? no they were just there is no game yeah there's no and, game you know here. It, I think you know maybe one thing that they should have done I mean understand the gravity of the situation um, they probably should have called the game off right then and there because I mean even back I think this was in 2015 or 2016 if y'all remember. Um, Ricardo Lockett played for the Seahawks. He was uh, on kick returns, um, and I think he just got he got blindside hit in the hit in the head by I can't remember who it was on the Cowboys, and he basically went limp. 
but you know, paramedics came on the field. They stabilized him. Uh, it was a neck head re- injury, and um, but at least you know, as he was, uh, as he was um, getting loaded into the ambulance, they he threw up an L, you know, for a Legion of Boom from back in those days. Just kind of like a a sign that you know I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. in this situation, you know, he wasn't. De- Demar Hamlin wasn't responsive at all. And just yeah. out of the respect of the player, because you know, it is a game, but that's the that's the right way of describing a matchup as a game because people come first, and you know if someone is in that in that bad of a state, you know just call it off. I mean, yeah. you, everything else you can figure out later. I mean, I think Skip came out and tweeted and said, you know, but what about? But what about the playoff implications and all that stuff? And I'm like, shut the fuck up, Skip. <laughs> no, Basically. No, no one gives a shit. <laughs> Basically, because yeah. people were worried. And then, of course, you had the people that came out like, what about, you know, the number one seed, you know, for the Bills or on the AFC side? And then, oh, what about my fantasy championship? I'm just like, wow. Wow. At the end of the day, football player is one thing. But at the, the first and foremost, you know, he is a person. Uh, Hamlin's a person you know, a son, a brother, uh, someone significant other, and all of that first before, you know, just being recognized as a player. So, you know, they're not pieces to look at and just find entertainment out of, you know, that's one thing you have to to do to at least have some form of empathy for those type of people out there. Yeah, for sure. And so all we can do, I mean, the, the scariest part of the situation is like he's still in critical condition 24 hours, uh, just about 24 hours later. Yeah. Um, you know, he'll continue to be in that condition until he, I don't know. Uh, that's the, the scary bit get, about it. Until we get an update. You know, right now, like the family, I think the, like a few, a couple hours ago, the family came out with the, um, um, an update. Like he's, he's stabilizing, he's getting okay, but like, it's still, they're not out of the woods yet. So it's better than it was when he was on the field, obviously, but um, that's all we have right now. So. Yeah. And I mean, like I, like like we said, you know, football comes second. Just hope he gets better, because yep. you know, at the end of the day, every we want everybody to walk away from this game whole, and you know, in that kind of a situation, in the kind of situation that uh, Demar Hamlin's in right now, just want to make sure he's at a hundred percent when he gets out of it, and then you know, you can figure out the rest after. Yep. So I mean, you want to go into just you know, you know, praying for praying for Hamlin, but now let us move on with the episode. Would you like to talk about the Seahawks? Seahawks had a good one. Ain't that? It's always good. It's always good when we can just own own a game like we did against the Jets, right? So Seahawks won at twenty three to six. Both got we both got that right. I mean, we 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 picked Seahawks to win for the brand, if you will. For the brand, if you will, and so because we're head ass fans, but you know, so twenty three to six, Seahawks pretty much decimated the uh, the Jets. Um, talk to me about the offense. Let's start there. I mean, they were solid. They were solid. Um, Gino was really good. No turnovers from the offense. This actually the whole game we had no turnovers. This was like the only game out of our season, by the way, to have no turnovers. So it was solid. I loved like what the offense was doing. The tight ends were getting love. K nine sixty yard run that he had in the very beginning was like that was the tone setter of the game, and I believed it helped set up like the touchdown which also helped set up, you know, the next few things. But, like, that was, like, a momentum tone setter changeup of a play right there to where it lasted throughout the whole uh, the whole game until I would kind of say in the fourth quarter we were, you know, we were trying to make some throws here and there. But, like, 
it they were just trying work. to defend a lead at that point, I think. Yeah, and like, and it was just weird. It was just kind of like I'm not saying I need you to like beat them like you know eighty to six or something like that, but at the same time, it's like I don't know. I was like maybe put some more runs in which. Uh, DJ Dallas was looked really really good. Uh, he had a career he had a career day as well, and for his uh, I believe it was his receptions, I think also his um not his uh, rushing yards, but like his uh, total like just total yards scrimmage uh, yards yeah scrimmage yards as a whole that was a career day for him. He looked really good in the passing, and that's what I was like actually expecting out of DJ Dallas um this whole time which i'm you know i'm shocked they finally figured out the last very last game how to utilize him outside of um k9 but yeah that's i i loved what the offense was doing that what they were putting down um i think we have like a that's like at least the very least for like the next season um well we still got a game left of course but like even for next season i had you know i have high hopes for our offense that we can still evolve and get better so yeah, I mean, I think you uh, touched the, you touched on a good point there too, which was you know this is a game where we were actually able to establish the run early on, and I think K nine with the sixty yard run was uh, crucial to that. I mean, total we had about we had just shy of two hundred yards rushing this game, which was you know we we wouldn't have dreamt of you know in, in this in the second half of the season where we've just been struggling after uh, game after game. Um, one thing that uh, one thing that uh, we all kind of saw coming was the wide receiver wide receiver room is getting kind of thin. Uh, Tyler Lockett's banged up. Marquise Goodwin's on IR. We had a lot of new names out there. Um, Jets have two solid corners, you know, one uh, sauce Gardner and the other by the name of DJ Reed, who used to play for us last year. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, they're very good cornerbacks. And so we kind of expected the tight ends to get a lot of love today. I think Colby Parkinson had a touchdown and I think Noah Fant had the other, another, um, there was a, there was, this was the first game. I think Tyler Maybreeze played. I think he was elevated from our practice squad. Right. Yep. And he had his first, uh, career touchdown on his first career catch. So, uh, so hopefully awesome. he got, hopefully he got the game ball once that game was done. Cause you know, uh, if I was him, even if I wasn't him, if I was a, if I was a, uh, any, any other player on that team, I would definitely be like, Hey man, you need, he needs the game. ball. I hope he gave him the game ball for that one. Cause like, come on. That's it. That's it. Well, I think he, he, uh, most people that get their first career touchdown and all that type of stuff, they definitely get they definitely keep that football. <laughs> I yeah. think I feel like that's a tradition at that point. So hopefully he got it. Yeah. And um, just looking at the, the stats for our, cor- our um, receiving game. Uh, yeah. Gino Gino ended the game with 183 yards and two touchdowns. Not, you know, terrific, but no turnovers, um, no big mistakes. Uh DJ Dallas was our leading receiver, came away with 55 yards, 41 coming on that big play that set up a, uh, I think it was a touchdown or it might've been a field, ended in a field goal, but it went 41 yards down the field off mm-hmm. of a uh, shovel pass. Oh, just, um, oh, just like a <laughs> chef's kiss right there. The improvisation, but then our, our tight ends kind of followed suit. Uh, Noah Fant came away with two, with two receptions, 40 yards, Colby Parkinson, career high of five receptions for 36 yards and a tud. Mm-hmm. And you know between our between our stalwart de- our wide receivers, you know Tyler Lockett, I think missed a good chunk of the game with a knee issue or a thigh issue as well. Yeah, but then he um, came back in like the third or fourth quarter. I remember that. Yeah, and so he and Tyler ended with uh, two receptions for 15 yards, and uh, DK ended with one reception for three yards, which was a probably a career low for him. But 
Um, oh, that's it was right. one of those situ- yeah. it was one of those situations where the game didn't really call for it, and so um, hopefully, you know, dub's a dub. But um, yeah, that was that was a uh, that was a that was a good game by Sauce Gardner. We can't take anything away from him on that one. Oh, oh yeah, facts. And um, I think when you have like, so the thing is with like you know, Geno Smith had like a one hundred three point one QBR rating, and anytime he's been over a hundred, we we won. <laughs> Because that's basically just more of just managing the football well. Not saying he's yeah. just our game game manager or anything like that now, but it's just more that like he may not have like the three hundred plus yards, right? But at the same time, like we had the run game uh, assisting that one eighty three. Now, if it was just one eighty three with two touchdowns and then like no run game, we probably would. And we were actually facing a formidable offense in that sense. We would have lost this game. Yeah, and it was one of those things that you know, even if Gino has a good day, like our the story of our season has been our defense. And so even if Gino has a good day, you know, someone can have a better day and we would still lose. But, you know, it was, you know, he didn't have the, he doesn't have the high, you know, he doesn't have the Patrick Mahomes and the type of numbers and anything like that, obviously, but the, the, the game situation called for um, keeping, keep feeding the rock to Kenneth, Kenneth Walker and don't make many, any mistakes and just move the ball down the field. Yep. That's that's pretty much it. Um, Yeah. Like again, from the offense, we did a really good job. We had very, you had a lot of explosive plays. I mean, that's, that's like the big thing is getting those explosive plays that helps morale and all that stuff. You know, glad we did what we did and got the dub. Yeah, and the only take, the only knock I would have is something that we talked about last week as well, which was the uh, red zone situation. Seems like mm-hmm. we take we can take a lot of trips to the red zone, even like you know ten yards in, but we we come away with too many field goals for my liking. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's another way our team can involve and. Uh, learn how to use that situation and you know come away with six points yeah the waldron will have a you know we'll have a, a off season to get the offense straight in this case so at least we know who to build around that's the whole point yeah we have some stability in in terms of who our play caller is going to be if well we not yet i guess and not until we have gino lockdown um yeah. will, yeah. will we know but you know we have we have a sense of you know this can work as long as we have the right guy running it right Mm-hmm. I mean, Gino knows that playbook. He's been there a good chunk enough. You know, I feel like we'll keep him. I don't know what's gonna what that's gonna um, what's gonna happen with Drew Locke because he's also up for a contract. So that unless Drew Locke says, you know what, I don't know where else what other team's gonna take me unless he feels confident that some team that needs a quarterback will take him, which that that is a possibility. There's a lot of those out there, especially with the Raiders and stuff. We'll talk about um, more later on, but uh, yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about defense now. Oh, it, it was man. a it was a good game, but first we got to say the we got to say the um, the bad news first. You know, the, we kind of figured it happened after we saw Jordan Brooks get pulled off on the sideline and he get mm-hmm. carted away. Uh, unfortunately, he's got a torn ACL. What what that means happening this late in the season is likely next year we won't see him until very late in the season as well. Mm-hmm. Um, hate to see it, right? Yeah, um, because who was it? Because I think on the Lions, you had uh, Jameson Williams just starting to get his legs underneath him with this recent game now, and he had his tear back in February. So we'll see what happens with Jordan Brooks. It's his first tear. Um, But, uh, yeah, usually it it takes, like, a a good full two years to get back to full form where you're not trying to, like, oh, let me just not put that much pressure on it. I don't want to, you know, make all these cuts. I mean, you'll see a lot of people come back in less than a year, but like they're not usually 100% until like, like, you know, like you, like you said, like earlier, I forgot which episode it was, but you definitely said like, you know, give it two years. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like you can definitely play on it, but like you're not you're not going to be the same explosive player. Like Jordan Brooks is known for being that explosive like tackler, guy that gets in space and tries to um, make plays on free runners and that kind of thing. But he's not going to have that same step. So, you know, when he does eventually come back, we can't expect him to to be like a, a pro bowler right mm-hmm. off the bat. We'll just it'll it'll take some time. You hate to see it, but. Yeah, that's just part of the game. Especially when we're trying to have some playoff hopes here. Um, I mean, you'll have Cody Barton stepping up into the starting role for that. As you, as we've seen this season, he's actually been like the strong Mike, uh, the strong Mike back, uh, Mike linebacker. Uh, while Jordan was still, you know, maybe just kind of be like the roaming linebacker at times. So, and and Cody Barton even had his best game too. Uh, from what I've been even seeing, even on social media and stuff, what, you know, just from what people's eyes ha- are telling them. And then of course, like from, you know, PFF's grades and stuff like that. So for what it's worth, I, you know, glad that, you know, we have someone like Cody Barton there. Cause even, I know I've said a lot about Cody Barton myself, but um, he's still a good solid, like linebacker to have. I just don't know if there we're going to pick someone else up, you know, in the meantime, there was one play where he sniffed out a, like a, a screen pass and he he tackled him for a, a a loss of yards, and I was like, God damn it, where has that been all season? We would have shut up if we would have saw that week two or something. But it it was one of those situations where I think Cody Barton, we kind of know his best his, where he where he is best is around the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. And that's typically what you have in your in your linebacker. That's kind of like some would call him a spy now, depending on the game situation. Like if you have a mobile quarterback, but he's the guy that kind of hangs around, fills gaps, and you know sets an edge when when you need to set an edge and lets the uh lets the other um let the other linebackers come in and clean up afterwards and i think that's that's kind of the reason why we saw him have a big game today we didn't expect him in coverage a lot tanner muse came in i think and Mm -hmm. actually tanner muse i don't know the actual i can't remember the pff score but i thought it was pretty high i think he came back came out of it with a really high score yeah uh i had actually had it here in our outline but i just took it out because it was like i had like pretty much almost uh i had uh darrell taylor's tanner muses and cody barton's but i think cody barton's was like an 80.2 um darrell taylor's was like a 91.7 and i think tanner muse was above cody barton but like even still and for um, PFF, anything above eighty is is like good. Yeah, like yeah, anything yeah. above ninety is fantastic, kind of thing like that. Yes, because Darrell so, Taylor had know, a great, excellent game, if you will. <laughs> and so the, the what we're seeing, what we kind of saw out of this game, even with Jordan Brooks out, is that when we have this three four scheme, that you have this linebacker that kind of hangs around the line of scrimmage. That's your strong, your 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 um, on ball linebacker, if you will. Mm-hmm. Whereas like you have your off ball linebacker, you know who what. Tanner Muse is playing a lot of, which was basically like the bullet that goes in and try to like the heat seeking missile. And, you know, maybe we should have, we should have gone to that kind of dynamic earlier on in the season, just playing to people's strengths a little bit more, but you know, hindsight is kind of as 2020 kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And um, at the very least I do see, I did see improvement. I, I'm, I, I did see a lot of improvement in Cody Barton, for instance, this whole season um is this his first season like starting like literally starting like for the whole the whole season because if that's the case then that that makes sense as to why we were seeing what we were seeing because he's always just been a backup and would come in for like a few mostly special teamers he was a special teamers yeah and so like because you know he was playing behind bobby wagner and kj Wright, and then eventually jordan brooks Mm -hmm. and so you know it's one of those things that like maybe it took him a little while to find a stride but um if he he can definitely have a role as to, as to 
what his upside is, you know, that's that's a harder question. I think he's he's a little closer to his upside already mm-hmm. in terms of like his his ceiling. And yeah. then that's where you got to make a decision. Do you want to keep him or do you want to move on from him? I think we should keep him one because like it's hard to find quality backs, especially like in like Cody Barton's actually improved in the defense. I think he still has some more improvements to be done, especially like you they, like this is his first season fully starting, like playing every single game and stuff like that. You're going to see a lot of kinks and like, oh, my gosh, like what the heck out of him? Because he doesn't really he hasn't really had much time to play, like you said. Yeah. Um, yeah so his grade was actually 80.2. I found it, by the way. Tanner Muse had a 90.4 grade in 19 snaps after Brooks's injury. And then Darrell Taylor had a 91.7. Yeah. And, oh, you know, this you, you can say, um, you know, the whole you can put a giant asterisk next to this and say we were playing against Mike White and a non-existent uh, running game. But, you know, Mike White, <laughs> has, t- Mike White has had times where he went like he went ham he on went the off. other team. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So and it's if, it's like if there just... was any team, if there was any team that he would have done that against again, it would have been us. So if the fact, <laughs> the fact that he didn't do it against us, you know, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to let that go. <laughs> right. I, I think we did what we needed to do on the defensive side of things. We actually gave so much pressure that even when there was no pressure, he couldn't really trust it. He was even like he was skittish in the pocket after all that pressure we were giving him and stuff, even if we weren't touching him, it's, it's good that we were doing a lot of, uh, you know, doing a lot of QB pressures. We got, uh, Darrell Taylor had, I think, yeah, the Darrell Taylor had three sacks in this game that got him up to, uh, 15 and man, two and a half, I think. Oh, two and a half. Excuse me. And, uh, and I think that's 15 career. I think he's has nine. Yeah, yeah, 15, he has 15 total. Excuse me. Not for the season. 15, because that would have been some type of season. He has 15, <laughs> yeah. 15 total career uh, sacks since he was drafted in 2020 compared to other people in 2020, even uh, Chase Young. But there's people above him, though. But regardless, still um, yeah, love that. I, I, I love this is like the Darrell Taylor that we we all saw the potential in him, basically. Yeah, exactly. And, he, you know, he he's just like that. He's that miss hole off the edge. If he if you tell him, hey, go get it, go after the ball, go after the quarterback, you know, that's what he loves doing. It's just rounding out the rest of his game, you know, letting him teaching him how to set an edge and that kind of thing in run situations just so mm-hmm. that you can minimize those those big gains that they, we seem to give up all the time. But, yeah, he has eight and a half sacks on this season, six and a half last season. And so technically, yes, he is the the leading. He's the sack leader of all players drafted from the 2020 draft. But no, that's no, no, not the, the, not leader. He's not the leader. He's he's up there, but I don't think he was the leader. Unfortunately, I I thought he was because uh, I can go find the tweet somewhere else too. But I was going to say with the big asterisk on that was that um, Chase Young has been injured for you know seventy five percent of his career. But was Darrell, so. And Darrell Taylor missed his whole rookie season, so I mean, like you can't you can't use that. That's an apple to apples right there. They both missed time. Um, Granted, one tore, true, one tore an ACL, one had a hip injury, and then I think I forgot his other injury. Like that helped, that made him miss his like most, if not his whole season too. So, regardless, in that you know, aspect, 15, 15 sacks and basically his first two years, you know, you can't. That's 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 good numbers for a for a second round pick coming out. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, actually, yeah, he was number one there, and I think oh there it was. Sorry. So that the reason why I said there was people above him was because they included um, uh, Brian Nemhauser's tweet included people from 2021, and then that's where you get Micah Parsons at 26, you know, oh, yeah. at number one and stuff, <laughs> and then uh, then Jalen Phillips at 15 and a half, but then Darrell Taylor at three, uh, three overall with uh, number three with 15. So it's still really good, even if you put like you know two you know two draft seasons in front of him. 
But um, man, like defense. Oh, and then speaking of, like Michael Jackson has his first interception of his career. Yeah, dude. Did you dude, did you see that play um, deep in, when the uh, Jets were pinned deep in their own territory? Uh, it looked like the I think uh, Tariq Wilson was playing. Tariq Woolen was playing really off ball, but he, like I think he was like ridiculously off ball. He was like maybe like ten yards back. That's speed, did, man. I know what I know what play you're talking about now. <laughs> and, and he and they uh, and Mike White did a short pass off four yards, but Tariq Woolen came in like a rocket and almost. Like either he had two choices: go for the ball or end that wide receiver's life with how fast he was going. And he went for the ball, and he almost came away with an interception. And it would have been like a like his own momentum would have just carried him into the into the end zone. That's how oh, fast he was coming in. Mm, like that, it's that speed. Because there was there was multiple times during the game where the ball's thrown to the receiver, and then he would just like the receiver's like, "Okay, I got the ball. Now I have some time to get the nope." Tariq Willens right there, tackle. <laughs> yeah even the the thing is is that you know shallow crossers is in like a in a in a soft zone scheme are like the bane of your existence because they'll literally just run underneath your coverage and then just pick up yards and just whittle away but if in a, in a situation where like uh maybe they'll do like some zone internal but on the outside they'll do man-to-man like Tariq Woolen just sticks to his receiver like you can try to make a move, but he will catch up to you. So you know mm-hmm. you're not getting a lot of yards after the catch, even if you come away with the ball. Oh man, yeah, and, and of course, like, oh, this is let me real quick. It's funny because um, we need to end the Max Unger curse, by the way, because um, Austin Blythe had 11.3 in his passing grade. Yeah, the, I don't know what center. classes I, I I took physics in high school, and you know a lot of those tests were curved to like a thirty percent. You know, never curved to an eleven. <laughs> can't curve this grade at all, man. <laughs> physics in college, sorry, not high school, but yeah, he can't curve that. That's pretty bad. Yeah, man. So it's it's of course that's still calling us to go and draft a dang quality center and not try to put you know the the veteran sticker on that. But um, defense did really well. Uh, you know, so again, solid defensive play. We were solid on all three sides of the ball. Um, oh, Jonathan Abram also played all 70 uh, snaps for the game as well at safety. So that was something as well. Um, not sure. Uh, you know, I forgot because I know we picked him up off of waivers. I'm just not sure, like, what's the future with Jonathan Abram. I guess it might just be like, we're going to let Ryan Neal go because, you know, Ryan Neal's like, I'm a starter. You know, it's like, no, like nothing, nothing against Seahawks, but, you know, y'all see me play. <laughs> now, Ryan <laughs> Neal, I, I, I've been a big fan of Ryan Neal since he kind of came in. He came through our practice squad. He came in, I think, against the uh, the Cowboys, was it a year ago? I think last yeah. year. And so, you know, ever since that, like the way he plays, I've been a big fan of it. But I think he's he's ranked at least top five safeties and or strong safeties in the league right now in terms of like his 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 performance like in terms of like metrics and that kind of thing obviously you're going to get people that say well what about Derwin James or you know what about so and so and all that kind of thing but you know he he by the numbers he is a very effective safety and so someone's going to pay him very yeah. good safety money just to just to I, play for that I feel that I feel like he's going to ask like with my like you know this is what I've done the past 2 3 seasons with you uh, this is what I deserve, and it's going to be too much because he's a backup, right? You know, behind Jamal. You don't know what's the status of Jamal, by the way. Um, haven't talked too much about like that injury and how he's going to heal from that. So who knows? Um, especially when we have Jonathan Abram as well. I feel like Abram is like the same kind of like talent in like the the strong safety box safety department that we need. So we'll see what happens with him. He did play all snaps. He almost had an interception. Uh, um, dropped that one, but it was like 
in the realm of a Jamal Adams trying to get his interceptions. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> so, it was very bad. He it was a very he needs to hit the jugs machine. That's what he needs to do. He, but like I and you can but you can tell that like how both Abram and Jamal Adams practice. I'm not saying that, of course they would love their their interceptions, but it, you know that they focus on like getting that hit in first rather than going for the ball second uh, at the ball as their first priority. Yeah, and so you know, like uh, Jonathan Abram, like you said, he's probably a safety, um, a safety policy for us. You know, seeing as to, we don't even know what Jamal Adams is going to be next year when he comes Facts. back from injury, and that's um, the that that's the the short of it. You know, I think I've, I'm starting to see on Twitter just like um, Seahawks Twitter uh, Seahawks pundits, you know, insiders, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. tweeting about situations. You know, what uh, uh, what the most um, economically friendly way of cutting Jamal Adams is if they wanted to cut Jamal Adams having to do with like, you know, I think it was like you have to, if, if, if teams can cut teams can cut players between like Super Bowl and the following Friday. And it gives like the, 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 the least amount of cap. It has the least amount of dead money impact and that kind of thing. So that's interesting. I haven't really looked into that. I'll actually probably take a look myself too. I'm actually curious as to like just what the scenario would look like if we wanted to. Yeah, I do like. Uh, I personally like Jamal Adams personally from uh, you know trying to have a good defense and stuff like that, like a stout defense, and you know you have like hitters and stuff on the side. You know, shout out to Quandre Diggs as well because he also got an interception in this game. But he's a, um, he got he's the uh, I think he, he set some record, didn't he? he? Wasn't he? He got three. He's he got three interceptions for six straight seasons. I think it was the was yeah the yeah, yeah yeah it was something like that. I did see that. I forgot. And he could have had a lot one. more this season. We've been oh. don't get it wrong. We've been knocking on him because he's been dropping some easy ones. He could have got he could at least had five six. He could have been right up there with Tariq with. The oh, don't of lie. You know it wasn't the easy drops. It was more of the it's those tackles that he was missing that we were really worried about. Yeah, you know, that in those too. Past what few games and stuff like that. So not a few games. It's been like a it's been a, it's been a troubling thing since like you know early in the season. Okay. But hopefully he, he gets good. Yeah, yeah. I mean he's I mean he's he's a, he's a, he's a vet. Like you're kind of seeing what you're gonna get out of uh, Quandre Diggs. You just got to work around it. I'm not saying he's a bad safety. But he always comes through in in my eyes, besides like, you know, the few times you see it. But I think he's still solid at free safety. But I mean, hey, I don't I don't see that we have a, another free safety to step up in the moment, though. So we got nothing else. In my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, he, he does have that. I mean, the interception he did get was a very veteran type of interception. Like, you know, he saw the coverage, he played soft and then he came in and undercut the route because he yeah. knew he had cornerback help over the top. And so, you know, he, he, he made the, he made a really smart play, you know, that you wouldn't see from a young player necessarily. So that can't be yeah. discounted as well. Yeah. Facts. And, um, I guess, do you want to just kind of, I mean, do you have anything to say like overall about the Seahawks right now? Overall, you know, we got the Rams next week and, you know, with all the, the, the playoff implications still kind of up in the air with everything, all we can do is all we can do is, you know, try to win our game. That's all we can control. But the NFL kind of fucked us, you know, in in terms of the the scheduling, because as it as it stands, if we win and Packers also win, Packers have the have the seventh seed above us. I think mm-hmm. it has to come down to the strength of schedule or something yeah, like that. Strength of schedule. And so, you know, the the fact that you know our game is in the afternoon, um, Lions and Packers play in prime time. You know, yeah. so Lions don't really have anything to play for if we win, and you know that kind of that kind of just set things that that just kind of feels wrong because then you know you're kind of in a lose-lose situation even if you win right 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I did see the little thing where they asked Dan Campbell about it, like in terms of just like, you know, talking about the scheduling and stuff. He said, no matter what, even if it's uh, even if it's like us playing for playoffs or just us playing to upset, like we're, we're trying to go for a win. That's what he said at the end of the day. So and, you know, I think coaches are going to say that regardless, but I, it probably means a little bit more for the Lions having a winning season for the first time in however long. Right, that, and then you're facing the Packers to get it, right? And then that's, their, that's a division rival. So, and, and the fact that you... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they're playing at Packers as well. Ooh, oh, yeah, that's right, because Packers went there first, lost, and now it's up to the Packers to hopefully get a win. I want the Lions to just beat them at home. Lions have been solid, with, especially with their rookie um, their rookie edge, uh, edge rushers in both um, Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston. Yeah, and uh, both of them, I think, have seven sacks, which is kind of wild that yep. they're both. It's kind of like what we did on our offensive line at this point. But, um, you know, we have no one to blame. Don't get me wrong. We have no one to blame but ourselves. I mean, we went we went 0-4. First of all, Adam. if we got, like, at least one out in, like, these past, what, four games or so, if we at least got one win out of it, we wouldn't be this bad right now. But it is what it is. Yeah, so. <laughs> we're just uh, – we're just we're just fans at the end of the day. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm out there on the field, you know, trying to actually get the win for them. I'm not the coach or anything. You, the only thing you can do is watch and just hope and pray. So. Yeah, I mean, going 0 and 4 against the NFC South, which is arguably the worst division in football right now, and also losing to the Raiders, who also lost to the, to the fucking Colts. This is also this is also why I say in, in, in the NFL, no matter what record a team is at, you can still you can still catch this L. Yeah, I mean, we saw that with Texans these past couple weeks, yes. you know. Um, oh, man. I mean, not so much this week, obviously, but uh, you know, anybody can win on any given week. It's just, you know, you kind of set your own destiny when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. You can't just never underestimate each team you're facing because, like, oh, my gosh. Like, the fact that we yeah, like you said, we went 0-4 against the NFC South. Like, we couldn't get one win out of there? Like, dang. Yeah. You know, that's, I mean, the, you can say, well, the, the NFC South also like the 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 Saints are on a three game winning streak, which is probably to the much to the chagrin of the uh, Eagles fan base because that pick is getting you know lower and lower. <laughs> right. <laughs> the Eagles are, they're week. they're like, wait a minute, didn't we trade like players? Thought, like, didn't we trade something to the Eagles for the first round? Oh wait, it's for you, Chris. <laughs> yeah, for here. Th- three weeks ago, you would have told the Eagles fans they'd be like, yeah, we got a top five pick coming up next year as well. But <laughs> you know, I think that top five is now. I think they're sitting at number 10 right now. Yeah. Um, still so, very good draft capital, but it, it's it's kind of funny how that played out. I mean, hey, as an Eagles fan, I mean, I, the fact that you even have a top 10 pick. Now, top five, that's like, holy shit. But like top 10 is just like, that's still you're, good. You're, you're, you're still going to get some some quality player right there. And, you're, and your team has, I believe they at least win a game, the number one seed, I believe. Yeah, they still need to yeah, get that number that, one seed. That's that's the funny thing that they've been trying to fight for. You know, we said this two weeks ago where we were saying that Eagles only need to win one game to clinch the number one seed because they they were out that far ahead. But you know, Gardner Minshew came in for two straight weeks. They haven't been able to win. I think Jalen Hurst might have to come come back early just so that they can get yeah. that get that number one seed because you know that that top seed with that first round bye, that's the that's some that's gold right now. That's true. Um, before we go too deep into the, the the playoff scenarios, which we will get into today, uh, I just wanted to go over some accolades that came out that I know some of them we already said um, from the Seahawks game, but still got to mention it. Like first touchdown uh, for Tyler Mabry's career. That was a tight end, the rookie tight end that we brought up from. That's so funny. We brought him up from the like from the practice squad and says first play. Hey, uh, we're going to throw the ball to you. <laughs> I, I love the celebration around it. Um, first interception of Michael Jackson's career. 
It's the first game of two plus sacks uh, for Darrell Taylor's career. Uh, first uh, five plus re- or plus or five plus receptions for Colby Parkinson, which like I, I really wanted him. I really wanted us to get him more involved, and I'm glad we did this season. Uh, first 50 yard uh, receiving game for DJ Dallas. Again, that man had a really good re- like. It made it's one of those th- ones where you know like he's a dual threat. He can run. He can rush. The, he can run the ball. He can also you know catch the ball. You know, he had some angry and, runs in there. Don't get it wrong. Oh, he had some really angry runs. I loved. That's why I said like I preferred DJ Dallas over Travis Homer before. So at least he showed it in this game. Like you one, know, what, that he had it. I, uh, this is kind of a tangent, but I, mm-hmm. I think I can't remember who said it. But one of the best qualities you can show as a player is availability. And you know, DJ Dallas has always has had. You know, he has he's had his games where he's been injured and that kind of thing, but he's always been available, and that goes a long way. Facts, facts, because uh. Yeah, because there wasn't it this last, uh, not this game, but the past game where like, or two games ago when our running backs like all got injured, but then DJ. I think Dallas it was the Rams stole. game, wasn't it? Yeah, he still, and then DJ was like, I'm hurt, but someone's got to run the ball. <laughs> yeah, we had a guy out there that was playing blind because he lost his context. Too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I hate that. It happened to me too before. Oh, the worst. Let me tell you, it's annoying. But um, uh, other accolades real quick is it's the first 4K, 4,000 uh, yard season for Geno. You know, like, come on, yeah, like, 4,000 yards. Come on. Still ain't writing back. Still ain't writing back. He still ain't writing back. And then um, he's also going to enter the final game of the season with a 70.2% completion percentage, which is a new Seahawks record, which the obviously the previous uh, owner of that was, it will be Russell Wilson at 68.8. Um, and he also needs just like 151 yards exactly in the next game to break the Seahawks single, uh, single season passing yards record, which is also held by Russell Wilson. At, which is uh, uh, 4,219. So, you know, I feel like he can get that too if he has another solid game like he did um, this past weekend. Oh, and finally, he's uh, seventh place for uh, single season passing touchdowns or Seattle single season passing touchdowns uh, with uh, passing Hasselbeck uh, to get to seven. <laughs> it's funny because uh, they actually like said who like at each level, like Russell Wilson holds number one through four. Because like with number one being forty, I think four is like thirty-four or something like that touchdowns. So the and the the forty touchdowns was from twenty twenty. Uh, Dave Craig is at five. Uh, is at number five with thirty-two. So either way, like Gino has a lot of accolades going for him. And I remember that it was this game too because he passed either four thousand yards or something. He got like a million dollars. I remember. Yeah, that. I think he hit two and a half million dollars worth of incentives uh, total on the year. Yeah, that's that's like that's fire. That's one thing that's fire because two and a half, like two point one million dollars, that changes people's lives. Let's just let's just get that out the way right now. Um, mm-hmm. can I get a dollar, Gino? I know you ain't gonna write <laughs> me back, but <laughs> I need a dollar real quick. But um, you know, Gino's doing really well. I know they're gonna sign him. I don't know what the deal is gonna look like. I think it's gonna be a two or three year deal, and uh, we'll see where it goes from there. And uh, finally, with the Rams next week, it's gonna be a tough game. Yeah, what 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 do you got to if you're game planning, what do you got a game plan for? Um Baker Mayfield, uh look at how he's been playing these past few weeks alone, even when he the fact that he came in and helped and won a game with the Rams coming off of a flight says something. I've I'm not saying that he's the best quarterback in the world, but at the same time like I always knew Baker Mayfield actually had it in him. I think it was just a lot of like the personal issues. Um, not saying like he was just a he's a character issue like he's a character issue of a person or anything, but some of the off field stuff, especially at the 
the brown the immaturity like, type of things. The image, yeah, it was just this image that was kind of messed up with being with the Browns, and especially some of the stuff he did was stupid. But yeah, yeah, uh, immaturity. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, especially that. So it's just a matter of like you got to plan around Baker Mayfield. If you can, uh, he has his ticks and stuff. If you can mess him up. If you can get that, if we can have that same amount of pressure, I think we'll be in a good ballpark. But at the same time, we we faced I forgot who we faced before, but the other like the other uh, quarterback that was like the third string quarterback, and we were we still had a tough game with them, right? So like you can't really count the Rams out, but we definitely need this win. Yeah, for sure. And you gotta, I mean, if I were game planning, you know, in terms of defense, my first priority is to take out Cam Akers. Yeah. Because once if you if you take out Cam Akers, make that run game ineffective, force Baker Mayfield into situations where he has to throw when he doesn't want to throw. Yes. Uh, that's that's when you're gonna have a lot of success because then he's gonna throw it to guys like Michael Jackson and Tariq Will and Quandre yeah. Diggs and because Baker you know, Mayfield definitely he's not he's not like a Patrick Mahomes or you know uh, or any other or, you know not he has yeah, the ability but. He, he has the ability to do it, but he doesn't have the effectiveness to do it, if you know what I mean. Like uh, like Patrick Mahomes has both, right, where he can do it, but he's also very effective when he does it. But, like, uh, in terms of, like, throwing on the run and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, you know, Baker Mayfield's done that a lot, but in terms of how effective it is, you know, he's had a lot of games where he's, you know, turned it over quite a few times. And that kind like, of thing. right now, he's, the, he's, he's right now the piece that can either turn this last game into a win for them or a loss as well. That's how I see Baker Mayfield at this point. He, it's like, it's either boom or bust with them. Yeah. And, you know, funny enough, uh, our season started off with uh, a Russ homecoming, uh, and he, he was met with mostly booze. And, you know, Bobby Wagner is the other playmaker, the quarterback of our defense from last year, if you will. Mm-hmm. He's going to be doing his homecoming in our last game of the season. And I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a completely different It's <laughs> different going to be reaction. a completely con- different thing. It, it's weird because I still remember that. Like, he got booze. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying you had to like or love the man. But at the very least, he helped y'all get, he helped. I'm not going to say it was all him. He helped get that that one Super Bowl ring and stuff like that. You know, and but then he immediately canceled it out the following year. <laughs> the following year, we can never like. That's the one thing about like every team has that one moment in our moment. Dude, that was like ugh. it was it was like eight years ago, and people people haven't left let it go. You can't let it go. That's also like yeah. um, Sherman. This whole season, whenever you see Sherman on like Thursday night football, he'll be like, "Run the ball, just run, run the ball." The ball. Yeah. <laughs> still, they still, man, they can't. We cannot get away from that. You could tell that Pete Carroll was, or Richard Sherman was a Pete Carroll player because Pete, Pete Carroll would be like saying the dang, same dang thing too. Run who the ball. Thunk? Who would have thunk? <laughs> who would have thunk? Right? Yeah, exactly. Especially like you know uh, with Sherman being an analyst this year and stuff. So it's it's been it's been really good. So. Either way, with the Rams next week, it's going to be a tough game. I, I wish I could say it's like an easy game, but it's not, especially how Bobby Wagner played last time. Mm. Oh, man. Bobby Wagner was balling out against the against the Broncos as well in the, in the Patrick, oh, Patrick Star Bowl. He's on fire right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I saw yeah. that, too, and I was just like, mm. Mm. Oh yeah, happy. we, we have, he has to come up. He's going to Seattle, too. Oh, my gosh. Happy for that, man, though. He's, uh, he's, still, he's still playing at a high yeah. level. Facts, facts. So, I mean, that's all I have to say. I mean, I, let's just, we got to get this one last win. And then after, after that, it's just up to the Lions to, well, the line, uh, yeah, it's, up, it's just up to the Lions to to beat the Packers, which I'm going to watch both games. So, yeah, we, we, we need it. So, <laughs> facts. It'll, it'll, we'll, we'll be invested in that game as well. Yep. So, let's go around the league, you know, around got, the league. <laughs> we got, uh, we definitely have some, um, you know, some, you know, 
stories out here. So if you wanted to start with any. Yeah, let's start with uh, the Derek Carr situation. So that was a that was a weird one. And so context, Derek Carr was benched for the Week 17 matchup. Mm-hmm. And he was benched for Jared Stidham. Stidham has some familiarity with Josh McDaniels, both playing being on the Patriots at the same time. So he's familiar with the scheme. Derek Carr was benched. And after he was benched, Derek Carr asked, I think, I don't know how much of this is, you know, um, cover up type of thing or, you know, just saving face type of thing. Derek Carr asked to leave the team to avoid being a distraction and is no longer part of the team. And so, that's, you know, but that's weird. Like, I get the first part where he's like, you know, I don't want to be a distraction. I've seen that before. And knowing Derek Carr from what I've I've seen from him, especially with hard knocks and stuff like that, he really is that kind of like team player of a guy like he's not really full of himself. But at the same time, you've been with like a Raiders team that's been very like, I'm just gonna be frank here. The Raiders team has been like a bit of a shitty team for like the past quarter of a century right now. And honestly, like, and it's not Derek Carr's fault that they, is it Derek Carr's fault in some instances, in some seasons? Sure. But like, it's not Derek Carr's whole fault that why the Raiders were, uh, have been the way they have been all these years. You see that meme where it was saying that like, uh, oh, Derek Carr got benched and Raiders still lose on a game game-changing turnover <laughs> yeah, in the fourth not, or overtime. It wasn't, there, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't me. me. <laughs> you can see Shaggy. <laughs> but, oh, uh, my God. But, yeah, really, But like, even with, like, um, I'm, let's just be frank. We could at least talk a little bit about the game that happened. Stidham went off. Stidham had a – he fucking balled out, dude. Like, <laughs> you know, let me get the let me get the stats up because I yeah, had it written ahead. down right over here. But he went for – he went 23 for 34. So uh, important to note. They were playing 49ers, who are arguably the best defense in football right now. He went 23 for 34 and for 365 yards passing, three touchdowns, two picks, one of them not really – neither of them really his fault. But, like, um, you got you to gotta note that. And he also had 34 yards rushing. He had a fucking day. And the final score was 37-34 with the 49ers like, winning. With the 49ers. 37-34, though, like, bro. The only thing I think actually there's a stat that says like the only time the 49ers were actually held below 30 points was against us this season, which is funny. Was it? it, Oh, that's probably like when Jimmy G was still quarterback in. Hey, you can. I don't care who was quarterback, and we were the only team that held above 30 points. We still lost. I think we helped their season. 49ers owe their season to us because we injured Trey Lance. Oh my gosh! (laughs) I don't. I hate like I hate that. I hate how that's like. See, I, Kyle Shanahan probably doesn't get the amount of credit that he deserves because any for for so many years now he'll just take any quarterback and just plug and play into his offense. They have their identity in terms of how they want to play, which is a lot of running the football, yeah, a lot of um, a lot of or the the football going through the running backs' hands for the most part, you know, in your Debo Samuel or Debo, and then or CM- Debo Samuel's hands, you know, Debo Samuel and then CMC now, and oh, so you God, know, man. I mean, for for Jared Stidham at least, you know. We have to acknowledge that Devontae Adams had a fucking day. He had 153 yards and two t- TDs, so that that helps when you have that kind of a safety blanket out there. But Fact. this, th- who would have thought that the game of the week was between uh, a backup quarterback and Mister Irrelevant? Yo, because that's funny. But that's this is also why I love football because, like, I and there's something there's like there's a um, so. As everyone probably knows, and if you were new to this, you're just going to find out now. I like to play Madden, although I have a very, um, I don't have like the latest Madden right now still. 
because they have issues right now. But like it's conflicting just because EA owns Madden. So we only get one type of Madden game every year, but I do love to build a team. And sometimes you like to just find like those star players or like the diamonds in the rough, if you will, that like they either just shine brightly or you may need to take some polishing, but like, man, Brock Purdy just came out and it was just like, yeah, you know, I was good this whole time. Y'all call me Mr. Irrelevant, but I'm very relevant enough now, huh? Yeah, he he needs his own slogan like Gino with "I ain't right back though." <laughs> right, but, and then so the let me ask for you Stidham. Stidham had someone said he stid him, and I was just like, stid "I'm stid him. stid him," and I was like, "Oh my gosh, please!" But then like, yeah, he uh, he, it just didn't it come up in a loss. But that was like I that right there, I know for a fact. Like even for Raiders fans, I know they were just like, "Holy like crap!" Like we were just hiding on this or something. But like, so over overreaction now. Is Stidham the guy, or do you still go out and try to draft a quarterback? Um, I don't, I don't even know where their pick is at, but I don't think they have the. Oh, they're at number eight. If they have the capital to move up, they could, but I wouldn't do it. I would just stay at eight if I was them, unless they could. There is quarterbacks this upcoming draft, so what I would do: get rid of a car. Car, you go on and go do. You go, you go somewhere else where another team needs a quarterback. There's plenty of teams. Where you'll go, I don't know yet. But I don't um, care if I'm being honest. <laughs> so that's what your tone sounds like. I don't care if I'm being honest, but you know, but like this is what I said before though. The Raiders just need to like get rid of the whole team at this point. Like get rid of like like Carr. It, let it just be a mutual. Like you know what? I've I've played my heart out here, but it's time for me to go. Let him go. You let Stidham play. If Stidham's a bridge quarterback, let him be a bridge until you either get a quarterback this upcoming draft or later. Or if Stidham to you is the guy, let's see in this next game, right? But if Stidham's the guy, you stick with Stidham. That's all I gotta say. That's and then of course start start building around your players that you can build around. They gotta figure that out. So Devontae Adams gotta gotta feel some kind of way about this though. Like he came out and he voiced support for Derek Carr. He did, and it just kind of. I mean, those two are like you know best friends. They played in college together. <laughs> college, yeah, and so you know they 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 have a lot of history, and so he hates seeing it. Part of the reason why they made this move was to preserve. Derek Carr's trade value in terms of like, you know, we don't, they don't want him to get like some sort of freak injury at this point in the season where he, he basically won't be, tra- he, they can't trade him come the off season. What, is he still under contract? I thought this was his contract year. Is that, or did he still have a year or two left? I think oh, he says, right. no, he had a huge extension. Yeah. Like a year ago, if not the, the, this the big, pe- the, oh, I think man. the big name on the Raiders that's up for a contract is Josh Jacobs. That's why he's kind of been balling out. But yeah. in terms of like teams that you can see Derek Carr going to, also like, Dave, uh, also De- David Carr, Derek Carr's brother, went off on the Raiders' uh, treatment of the QB as well. So <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, it's it's always good having that big older that older brother that that uh, st- uh, speaks up for you. Mm-hmm. And speaking oh, he, of, he has David a no Carr, trade clause apparently in his contract. Which I mean, a lot of the times quarterbacks can waive that if they if they're not going to be played. I think Russ had a no trade clause too, and that what he that said, does. You know what you saw, you see someone I can go to? Yeah, I'll go over to the Broncos. Then we're about to go to the Super Bowl this year. What that does is that it gives the uh, quarterback the ability to decide where he gets traded to. Facts. And so, like you know, a lot of teams probably wanted Russ, but you know he ain't going to go to maybe like a you know two three year project. He's going to a win now team. Well, he did, and they lost today. So, yeah, yeah <laughs> so same, the, the same situation I could imagine for for Derek Carr. What did, what teams do you think are uh, most interested in procuring his services? Right, um, Jets, Colts, Commies. Um, 
I do see st- I do actually see stuff with Cardinals, but they have Kyler Murray, so they're just waiting for him to get healthy. He will still be interesting because David, his brother David Carr, played for Houston Texans, so that'll be something. If like Houston was just like, yeah, come on over here, and we can actually just use our pick on something else this upcoming draft. If they think Derek Carr is the one, um, I thought I saw uh, could be Carolina too, unless they they think Sam Darnold's the one as well. Uh, it kind of depends on for Carolina who the coach is coming in. Actually, I just saw a story where Carolina owner and um jim harbaugh i've been in talks but i feel like that's just that's just you know media talk at this point you know everybody's in talks with everybody yeah i mean that's uh, i don't see any other team that's like pressing for a quarterback besides those that we listed so we'll just see what happens um you know one team that's just been for unforgettable it has been not unforgettable they've been forgettable at the browns ever since deshaun watson started or even (laughs) just the season alone but that's, yeah. I, I'm just looking at because I'm looking at teams right now for Derek Carr, and I saw the Cleveland. I'm like, oh, no, they have a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, but they're still losing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think the I think Cleveland is okay with that situation. They're not really paying them much this year. It's more yeah. of a get-right season before they're next seven, year. They're 7-9. and nine. They did win a game. Um, they, uh, won a great, I, they won a big game for us. I mean, they beat the Commanders this week, and, you know, facts. that was important for our playoff implications. Oh, facts, because if we the less teams that our, we have trying to go commanders, for the Commanders, I think I said Carolina on accident. Oh, you're good. Yeah, 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 the commanders for sure because we definitely need now. It's just it's just uh, it's just the Packers, and right now I'm really sitting here like I don't because like it doesn't even if we win and the Packers win they'll get it. So I mean I'm like it's really just on the Lions right now and us two winning. But yeah, yeah. I mean Anywho. we we could we we could have controlled our own fate, but here we are. Here we are. But other than yeah. that, Derek Carr is out, and I know for a fact he'll be gone from the Raiders finally because I've always wanted to see where he would go post-Raiders for like the past four or five years. So hopefully that's going to be – it's basically going to be a very interesting offseason. Yeah, I think Jets are probably – Jets or commies are probably the most uh, appealing. I think commies more so because I think they're get, starting to ramp up on defense with Chase Young coming back. You think, but you would think Derek Carr would go to a franchise like the? It's not even like the team. Look at the franchise with the Commanders. That's my only issue. Yeah, I, I don't like know. Court, it, I feel like the the Commanders are like the new Browns, somewhat, um, in terms of like quarterback. You know, quarterback careers go to die kind of thing. But you know, yeah, and you could say the same about the Jets. But like both of those teams have probably two of the two really strong defenses. And in terms of, you know, what that what pressure that puts on a quarterback, you know, that makes their jobs easier too when you have a good defense like that. So I mean Colts are in that conversation because, you know, Colts have been buying old quarterbacks for for years now. And so Yeah, you, you would know. definitely think the Colts have just but I do remember Jim Arce was saying that like we're done, you know, ban- putting a band-aid on the quarterback position. And they actually went and drafted a quarterback and Sam Ellinger, which some people are saying they should go out and draft another quarterback. And I was like, dang, you didn't even give Sam like even more of a chance. But I guess I wasn't watching their games because I didn't give a shit. Personally. Yeah, no, we're not but, Colts um, fans. You know, I guess some Colts fans were just like, yeah, no, we still need another quarterback. But um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, speaking of quarterbacks and just disappointing things, did you hear about the commanders? And oh, no. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Run through it. The best segue, right? Because <laughs> Ron Rivera as told to me, was completely unaware that they needed to win the Week 17 matchup. And they started Carson Wentz. How did that go? How did that go? He threw three picks, you know. Yeah, as expected. (laughs) The typical Carson Wentz treatment. Only only three? (laughs) 
<laughs> Could have been, light- more, you know, six. Just for you, for you, my friend, six. <laughs> okay, six there we picks. go. <laughs> what, who, so this, this was a complete oversight by the entire, you know, organization or not organization, but you know, co- no, coaching actually, staff. And I, stuff I like feel that. like it's still a whole organization. Um, oh, who's the blame? It would be. Obviously, Ron Rivera is going to be the one that takes the blame. But, you know, you ain't you telling me that no one in that fucking in that coaching room said, hey, maybe we should try to you know, we, we need to win this week. Do we really think you think a player th- didn't go and talk to any of the coaches about any of these playoff scenarios, knowing they're like on the cusp of a playoff? Yeah, it, it I mean, was talked about. I don't I call bullshit. I feel it's just, bullshit. I mean, I, I know fishy here. <laughs> Ron Rivera's nickname Riverboat Ron because he loves to gamble on, uh, in games and stuff like that. I don't think this was a gamble. I think this was just some dumb, <laughs> some dumb decision making. I'm going to take a hot like a hot take and say that none of this is Ron Rivera's fault. It's the owner's fault because, you know, apparently rumor has that the owner was the one that wanted to bring Carson Wentz in. Yeah, but like he didn't have to start him. <laughs> this <laughs> is very true. Maybe he got forced. I, I doubt that he got forced. You, I, I've heard other stories elsewhere. So I mean, I'm especially with like, well, now this owner here, you know, is a, probably like trying to hide from the media and shit. But yeah, I'm not sure what to. Yeah, I'm not sure what to take away from this situation except for like, um, be aware of your of your destiny in this sense. Like, how do you just like, ah, uh, we're just gonna put Carson Wentz out there. Come on, Taylor Heineke has been playing his ass off for the team these past several weeks. And you're telling me it's like, you're telling me Ron Rivera, knowing that Ron Rivera this season, same season, by the way, this is the same season where he said, like, he really threw Carson Wentz under the bus in terms of, like, you have to have the guys and you got to build around them. We don't really have that here. You're telling me that's still the same guy that started Carson Wentz? I don't believe it. I still call bull. Like I said, something smells fishy. Taylor Heineke here. has been struggling in these last few weeks. He's been having a lot of turnover problems and stuff like that. And I, I, I understand that that could warrant you wanting to, to, to make a change at the quarterback position. But, but you want to go change back to Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz is not the change in the quarter. The quarterback if you had position. anyone, if he had Sam Ellinger, I would have been like, "That's fine. Why yeah, not throw him in?" He would, or you know, you have your, you know, like your Trubisky Drew Lock, Drew, Drew Lock, Drew Lockin, or you know, anybody, any of those guys, guys that won't lose you the game. Carson Wentz will lose you the game. He literally showed in the last week of last season that he lost, a, he lost the Colts' like playoff chances. Now yeah. he did it for, he did it for the Commanders, man. That's so some funny. shit. <laughs> I like he is literally, he is literally the uh, what do you call it, the bad omen, the, the you know, the the the, the kiss of death. It's funny because he was on um, Pat McAfee's show. Or like when he was on like when he came to the Colts and you know McAfee had him on the show and stuff and it was like really cool chill he's great but then like after the shitty season it's like we don't talk about that guy anymore I'm not gonna <laughs> shit on him I'm actually gonna, like he's a chill you know Pat is not trying to be like a you know oh I hate you now but he's really just like we don't talk about him no more it's like we all don't talk about him no more for the Colts yeah that was I a mean, terrible season it was yeah and you know there's. They're gonna have a lot to think about come this offseason. That's the that's the polite way of saying it. It's one of those teams where you just know they're just stuck. It's like they keep hitting this ceiling. It's always something against it's always something within themselves, within that franchise, that whole organization. They shoot themselves in the foot when they get to that threshold to try to cross over to be a great team. Yeah. You know? And it's been like that for a long time. Facts. So, I mean, we'll see what happens in the offseason. Like, again, the offseason is about to be big. We're about to have a lot of free agents. Some definitely are not really free agents. So you put an asterisk by their names, like Lamar Jackson, for instance. But um, it's going to be interesting. 
I definitely he'll definitely be just a backup now going forward and not a starter because this is it. Like if you can't if you go to the commies and you just you you shit the bed and you and you cost them a playoff a playoff chance again, you know, in terms of another team again, like you do the same situation, it's done. That's your career. Yeah, you know. But uh, before we get to the off season, you want to talk some playoff scenarios. We got some. We got some big implications coming into Week 18. Facts. Um, so for, let's start with the AFC because I know some people are literally thinking about like what's happening with the number one seed. We definitely don't know because again, the Bills and Bengals game got canceled. Uh, in my opinion, it's I think it's just can't they should just keep it canceled and then figure out how to do the one seed. But they could. Hey guys, he's okay. Let's do a game again. We we don't know yet. So like the number one seed, it's even the NFL hasn't come out about that. I think they're still trying to figure out that to this day, next day, of course. So we'll see what what happens with that. Um, for the so AFC, for all, yeah, all, all the scenarios, all the scenarios we have down, you know, we, we say we we in our scenarios we have it implied that a game will be played, but uh, like around around that whole thing, we 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 really don't know what's going to happen. Like you said, Adam, like they said postponed because like that's their terminology, but it can be postponed into, you know, indefinitely, meaning it's basically canceled at that point. Facts. So, you know, we'll cuz yeah, like we definitely have like, oh, you know, Chiefs need to do this, Bills need to do that, but it's like with the Bills messing up, I know they're trying to be fair to Chiefs and Bills cuz they're both trying to race for the number 1 seed, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, so you want to run through the AFC ones? Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. AFC South title um, Jaguars who are eight and eight will clinch with a win or a tie versus the Titans. I definitely can see them getting a win versus the Titans since Ryan Tannehill is out. So I think that's going to be um, the like that's the that's the scenario that's going to happen rather than the uh, the Titans clinching it with a win at Jaguars because uh, I forgot who they're they have Josh Dobbs um, starting at quarterback I believe. Which, yeah, he wasn't so bad last week, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> I mean, it was better than Malik Willis, though. Yeah, like, it was. I love, Mal- I love you, Malik, but like, bro, like you're every time you started this season, it'll be something like, you know, one for seven or no, like three for seven, 40, 55 yards, two picks and like 45 rushing yards. And it's like you could that, that just screams like NCAA scrambler quarterback. Yeah, like stats right there. So. Um, I feel like the Jaguars are going to get that win, but you know that's just me. Uh, AFC North title: Bengals will clinch with a win or a tie versus the Bills, or a win versus the Ravens. Um, so. so more so in that situation, more so we're thinking, you know, if Bengals win against uh, Ravens, then they clinch that because, like we said, we don't really know what's going to happen with the Bills game. Right. So it's really it's more so just um, they just need to win. When yeah. you get the, when you get the AFC North title. Um, the number seed, the number seven seed wild card, though. This is where it gets interesting. Are, yeah, the other ones are taken up, but Patriots uh, will clinch with a win at Bills or Dolphins loss uh, versus the Jets, and and Steelers loss versus Browns, and Jaguars win versus Titans. So basically, Patriots need a lot of help uh, <laughs> besides their win. Um, let me see. Actually, no, no, no. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now they're on the Dolphins loss versus Jets and like that that whole and sections. Oh my gosh, that's where they're at. Cause I don't win at the Yeah, Bills, so if, if they if the Patriots do beat the Bills in week seven week eighteen, I think they're in. I think that's what it's saying. Uh I, I get that, but it's like I don't think I don't see them beating the Bills. That's my point. <laughs> they're on yeah. the second <laughs> scenario in my book. Uh Dolphins, uh because there's a, there's four eight and eight teams here, so Patriots are eight and eight. Dolphins are also eight and eight. They clinch with a win versus the Jets and the Patriots loss at Bills. I see that happening. 
but that's up to the Dolphins themselves because Tua, I think, is still out. Is he still on concussion? Not just Tua. Teddy's out, too. They're on Skylar oh, Thompson again. Oh, never mind. I don't know about this one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dolphins are riding a five-game losing streak right now, which, you know, basically they were at, like, the similar point we were just a little bit later on, which at the halfway point. And they have they're... the weapons and everything, too, yeah. man. I mean, Tyreek Hill is an MVP candidate, if you, if you don't think so. Has then. Chubb been any good for their defense? He's been injured. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So next up, we have the Steelers. They'll they will uh, clinch with the win versus Browns and a Dolphins loss versus Jets and Patriots loss at Bills. So need some help, but if Kenny Pickett gets in in a rookie, you know, you know, the, the Pittsburgh media is going to go all all over that. I uh, and and they'll actually still have a winning season, which like that helps for Mike Tomlin his record of winning seasons with that franchise. Yeah, I still can't believe how old he is with that team too. He's been with that team for a long time. Oh yeah. <laughs> So last last but not least, Jaguars, who are also eight and eight, they will clinch with the uh, the loss with the loss versus the Titans and losses by Dolphins, Patriots, and Steelers. But and like, this is for the, and this is for the number seven seed. And so yeah, you know, if they obviously if they win, then they're in that they own their division, so they'll be and they'll have the, a, they'll have that spot. So <laughs> yeah, this is more about you know they'll the Jaguars will be in the seven seed if they lose, and you know everybody else loses, then then they get the number seven seed. So Jaguars need to win or else, basically, is what it is at. Facts. You want to talk about our, the NFC scenarios? Yeah, let's talk NFC side. So we got Eagles uh, for a number one seed, a little bit more cut and dry. Uh, Eagles can clinch it with either a win tie versus Giants or Cowboys lose versus the Commanders or 49ers lose versus the Cardinals. And so 49ers can clinch it with um, a win versus the Cardinals and uh, and the Eagles losing versus the Giants. So there's a very real chance that 49ers end up with a number one seed. Uh, we got to see what the Eagles, hopefully the Eagles, I don't, cause I don't know where uh, Jalen Hurts is with that shoulder injury of his throwing shoulder injury. Um, cause I gets, think they're going to try to, I think he was, he, he did walkthroughs in practice last week. So I think they're going to, they're going to bring him back just for the sake of clinching that spot. Hopefully you don't get hurt to where it messes up their playoff chances. That's the only issue. Right? Yeah. And then if that's the case, then, you know, 49ers kind of have like the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 um, the driver in the driver's the guard, seat of the you know, Minshew hasn't. He has not been a bad quarterback for them. And I know that, like, especially that yeah. Cowboys game, it was really just like he and I think he he was throwing it in tight spots and stuff. I if they go with him, I under I truly understand. It's not like he was throwing the game away like some other co- uh, quarterbacks out there. So Nick Foles, <laughs> Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, <laughs> mostly <laughs> uh, the I mean, if 49ers get the uh, if 49ers get the first round by, that'll be pretty incredible. Um, oh, kind of a tangent. Yeah, Kind of because I think they're on a nine game winning streak. Yes. Um, kind of tangent question. Yeah. If uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is expected to be back um, sometime during the playoffs, mm-hmm. do, you, do you put him in for no. Brock Purdy? No. Yeah, I don't think you so. See what either. Brock Purdy's been doing? Like, it's, it, it, he proved it wasn't a fluke after, like, what, one, some people want two weeks of good stuff before they can say, okay, it's not a fluke. He's given them enough to roll with him in the playoffs. It's basically that situation like when Nick Foles uh, came in for uh, Carson Wentz on the Eagles. Like you just rolled the hot hand. I don't know why you would change up, uh, unlike some other coaches out there, Rivera. (laughs) And uh, I think it's one of those situations too where um, like Kyle Shanahan doesn't give a shit who's playing quarterback for him. It's just as long as you can execute his game plan, it comes down to that. 
Yeah, and, he has a whole I mean, system. He has a whole system, a running system, if you will. And of course, mixed with the throws and stuff too. So, oh my God, I still cannot believe they went nine, went like a nine win streak and they have a chance at getting the number one seed. That's wild. Yeah, for sure. And then Cowboys can clinch it as well if they win at the Commanders, Eagles lose at the Giants, and 49ers lose to the Cardinals, but we don't expect that Cowboys to happen. Cowboys, that's not going to happen. That, that last one's not going to happen. Do you, you expect the 49ers to lose to an injury-riddled Cardinals? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, uh, the only division left to be decided in the NFC is the NFC East, surprisingly, and that's because Eagles sit at 13-3, and three, Cowboys sit in 12-4. and four. And so Eagles can clinch it with a win or win versus the Giants or the Cowboys lose against the Commanders and uh, vice versa for the Cowboys. If Cowboys beat the Commanders and Eagles lose to the Giants, then. Um, mm-hmm. So then basically Eagles for them, it. it's either a number one seed. Well, actually, it could be it could go so bad that they fall all the way down to uh, the highest uh, wild card spot. Right. Yeah. For Eagles. Yeah. Which would be wild, right? <laughs> all <laughs> of that. All of that just to be in a wild card. <laughs> yeah. All of that. And, you know, I think it speaks more to like how important Jalen Hurts has been to that team. Oh, yeah. That, you know, like Gardner Minshew hasn't been hasn't been bad, so to say, like uh, like other quarterbacks have been that have stepped in. But, you know, he, Jalen Hurts has put them over the top with how like especially how he uses his legs and in, in for the for the Eagles. Yeah. And, and I would it would have been a really good scenario of him resting up the rest of the season if they at least got one win prior to this upcoming weekend. So it's. Now if they have to, because he has that little shoulder injury, that one week by would have really helped them and stuff like that. He would just, if it still hurts him, he would have just wrapped up or something. Or you know, obviously, they, they just needed one win to clinch the spot, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, but like like we were saying earlier, it's not a given. You have to earn that win. <laughs> yeah, and so, so to to wrap it up, you know, yep. number seven seed on on the NFC side is also like a big up for grabs type of situation and so just gonna rattle them off so packers can win it they're sitting uh four teams are sitting at eight and eight right now or three teams are sitting at eight and eight right now for for the nfc Mm -hmm. and so packers can clinch it with um a win versus the lions lions can clinch it with a win at packers and seahawks losing to the rams or a tie versus the packers and seahawks losing the rams or a tie versus the packers and the Rams seahawks game ending in a tie so basically I mean, ties are very unlikely, so Lions are going to have to win, Seahawks going to have to lose, and then they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seahawks could get in with a win versus the Rams and Packers losing or tying versus the Lions or a tie versus the Rams and Lions-Packers tie and a com- Commanders lost tie versus Cowboys. So a lot of... Talk about a scenario that's not going to happen, that very yep, last one for us. That very last one. There, there was three, I think there was three ties in that last one. So That was wild. <laughs> Tie, yeah, so, tie, and then a lot uh, tie, tie, or a loss and a tie. So it's like you know, you at least even if a tie happens, it'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, going back to like the, how the scheduling is, it's kind of fucked up. But like, hopefully, if the if the Seahawks do beat the Rams, you know, hopefully the Lions go out there and give it a hundred percent. If if not, just for a winning season, just so they can say they have a winning season. Facts. Because and at least you know, say it, you, you build off of that to go into the following you, season. Like, are you kidding me? Like, if the Lions played like the second half of the season for the entire season, they'd be like. They'd be like at the top of their division. Like they'd be right up there with the Vikings. I mean, that depends on their quarterback, right? Well, I think they're all in on Jared Goff. Jared Goff has been steady for them this this half, the He's second been half. Steady, of the season. but like he wasn't steady the whole season. That's the only yeah. thing. That's like so these these last set of games. If he can keep, if he can just hone in on what makes him good with that, like with that team, 
I think he has a second chance at going to the playoffs, and I'll say potentially Super Bowl. I don't know. Like I, they they need some more. Although Jameson Williams, if you saw uh, at least a highlight from the game, the the previous this past game, that man has the speed on him because they gave they handed off the ball to that man. That man was running. And I said, did you just not, did you, didn't you just come off for ACL tear? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of wild. And so like they, they, they really wish they had him, that he had him for the whole season, but um, it is what it is, but it'll, it, it, it definitely like if, I, if, uh, if the Lions organization is listening, coming into a, or having a winning season is a very good uh, bouncing off point for, uh, you know, your next season where you can go on and continue to get better and better. Obviously, the Lions organization isn't listening, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, the scenario, but the scenario with like if they win versus the Packers and then the Seahawks lose or tie with the Rams, that is a plausible scenario still. Yeah, given how sure. our defense is. Yeah. And so uh, that kind of wraps up all of the draft scenarios. They're kind of a mouthful and it's just building up the to a really exciting. I mean, right or sorry, playoff scenarios. Uh, it's just really building up to a really exciting week 18. So we'll see how things play out. But I kind of did a Freudian slip. You want to talk to me on the other side of the, uh, the the rankings and talk to me about the draft pick scenarios for a top 10 or, or so at least or in that ballpark. Mind yeah, you, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a disclaimer too before you go into it, mm-hmm. which is a lot of these things are still up for grabs based off of you know what the results of week 18 are. But we'll go through at least a, a few of them. Right. Um, so our our pick from the Broncos can at worst at worst be a fifth overall pick. That's if they just choose to just say, you know what, we're a football team. Let's actually go out and win a game. Although they were very close with the K with KC, um, and they'll make it a fifth. And if Arizona like loses again, right, because they're going to face the 49ers, I know it's going to be an L. They will go up to that. We'll basically just switch spots with them. Um, but anywho, our pick can be our Broncos pick the, from the Broncos. That pick can be at worst the fifth or at highest second, but with help. Uh, so that would be funny if we had a second overall pick. I don't even know what the Seahawks would do with it. I feel like the closer they get to number one, I feel like a trade's going to happen <laughs> more than likely. But yeah. um, that would be such a good amount of. I I know. I know our GM is like, just like, oh my God. He's like, he said, this is going to be a good offseason. I could feel it. I'm about to get like 10 picks. I don't know where they're going to be. They're just going to be 10 plus picks. They're going to go over two seasons. But anywho, um, our actual pick is currently at 19 because if the season were to end today and we were to lose in the wild card playoffs, we would be at 19. Um, if we were to lose this upcoming game, I think that pick can go to like 17 or 18. Not too high, but that, but that's seventeen through nineteen is like literally where all the eight and eight teams are at. So There's I think at eight, the highest, eight, <laughs> there are currently eight eight and eight teams this in, in the in the NFL. Ain't that wild? That is wild. That really is wild. And then like half of them are in the playoffs, all the other half are just <laughs> outside looking in. And oh my god, it's funny. But um, that'll be a nice. That's still like a nice pick for us. Two first round picks is always nice. Uh, finally, the last two are if the if Chicago were to lose and Houston wins, then Chicago takes the number one overall, which I mean, if we all remember, I think it was a little, not last year, but like two or three years ago. That's what happened with the, the Jaguars. They were just like, you know what? We should just win a game and then just cost us the number one overall pick. I think that you're talking about last year against the Colts, aren't you? That was the last game of the season. Wasn't oh, it it? Was, I thought that was the no, it wasn't last year because um, that was when they had Tra- uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. I'm talking about when they well. Granted, they definitely got the number one pick off of that one. There was another season, because Jaguars are just bad, where they had 
I think it was either Jaguars or another team. They basically just said, you don't just, just I think they were like a uh, tank for Trevor, Trevor Lawrence. That's what it was. And I know oh, the, it must've been the jets then. Yes. It was the jets and the jet and the Jaguars jets. It was jets, not Jaguars. Jets were like, you know what? Let's, let's actually go and win. Let's go and win the game. Right. And they won the game. And then the, dra- the following draft, number one pick was Trevor Lawrence. The second one was Zach Wilson. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And you, I think we all know how uh, those teams are loving their quarterbacks today. So, um, we'll see what happens with uh, Chicago and Houston. Finally, if the Broncos were to win, Arizona lose, we fall to five, cards at four. And the reason why I'm upset at that, if that were to happen, is because I want Will Anderson Jr., but of course I'm not the Seahawks in front office or anything, so I can't tell them who to get. <laughs> yeah, and the other two teams, uh, kind of if we were looking at the top six, are like the Lions via the Rams and uh, the Colts. And so it, it's still kind of like up for grabs as to where everything can be, but... Mm-hmm. Um, it, it makes for an exciting week 18, even at the bottom of the, uh, at the bottom of the leaderboard. Oh man. It, it, it's this whole season has just been, it has been very chaotic. I will say that I think in most recent seasons, it's been the most chaotic, but I could, I could be lying, but to, so far I'm going to say 2022 has been the most chaotic season. We're going to definitely have to do a season in review at some point and just talk about it. Cause there's been a lot of things that have gone on this season, some Too highlights, some lowlights. It's just, <laughs> It's gone by really quick. I think that's the only thing anyone can agree on. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with that one. But um, are we ready to just kind of talk about those Week 17 games that happened? Yeah, lead it, uh, take it away, buddy. All right, Cowboys at Titans, 27-13 Cowboys. We were both right in this one, and you know, a lot of Titans players, uh, tight, a lot of uh, the Titans players were actually pretty much just benched or injured because they've been getting hit with either one. I think we talked about it earlier. They started uh, Josh Jobs. Because Malik Willis has already shown how he starts, like, what, two or three games already? We've seen enough. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think they've kind of left it up to, like, this game was completely irrelevant for the Titans. Like, their their situation comes down to their matchup with the, the Jaguars um, next or next week. So they they were they they treated it more of as like a buy if if anything facts and i did see that Dak did throw he threw two picks to Kevin Byard but like it's one of those weird ones where i've even talked to some Dallas fans and they were just kind of like yeah it's weird that some people are saying that oh excuse me some people are saying that the like Dallas would just go into the playoffs and then just lose the, that first like one and done because they have they have their Dak. holes i mean I mean, they, they have their DAC issues, but they also have like such issues like on their defensive side. Yeah. You know, they're very they're very good at rushing the passer, but their run defense <clears throat> has kind of come into question a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was even I was even talking to like even my barber. My barber was just like, you know, I just think I don't man like it, it, it's a lot of hype, but at the end of the day, it's like if you really just were being realistic with the Dallas Cowboys, it's like they're very they're just like they're like a glass cannon. Like, yeah, they yeah. can fire all the bullets, but like that defense is it's been getting worse the whole season. It's been weird. And they yeah, struggle I mean, against like an Eagles, like an Eagles team where they bench their quarterback. So it's like, yeah, if you really face uh, the, and the Texans Eagles and the, te- the Texans game, I remember that, too. Right. So it's all those games that they struggled and they shouldn't have struggled in. Maybe yeah. the Eagles, maybe the Eagle ones, Eagles have like a good solid roster, even from like the backup perspective. So I will give Eagles credit on that part. Yeah, and I think the, the the big thing to look at, I think this this week as well, is that they didn't have Tony Pollard. That and was true. That's true because people have been saying it, Tony Pollard is the like is the true running back on that team. Yeah, if you ask a lot of fans that aren't head ass fans on the, from the Cowboys, like you know, I've talked to a number of them, and they say you know Tony Pollard is the guy. He is he is the reason what that you know they have a run game because 
I mean, if you just leave it in Zeke's hands, you know, they, they fed him way too much early on and he's kind of feeling the ramifications and of it. Fun, now. fun fact, it's his contract season too. So yeah. So he might, he's he might going, go for he's leaving. I'm yeah. sorry. Cause they're not going to spend, they're not about to spend money on two running backs. Yeah. And they, you know, Dex, or Zeke is still getting paid good money. Yeah. That's what this, you can't have two. They can't, you can't have two big payrolls for your running backs. Tony Pollard's gone. I don't know where he's going to go, but there's a lot of teams that can use him and he'll definitely be the starter and not like the, the two punch and the one, two. So, yeah. Um, next up we have the cards at Falcons 20 to 19 Falcons. We were both wrong. Um, it's funny cause David, that's funny. Oh my gosh. Cause David Blau was in there, uh, for the Cardinals as their yeah, fourth I quarterback. Like, I, I feel like he's been, he bounces around the league so much that he whenever on, he just he was on, um, he was on, uh, hard knocks. That's why I like, I was reading, that's why I was like, kind of like, holy crap, it's David Blau. Cause he, he got picked up. Uh, I think it was by the Vikings from the Lions in like yeah he was on the squad. Lions at one point I remember yeah in the beginning like in the before the season started and then uh, the Lions had to so then the Hard Knocks show so spoilers if y'all didn't watch it I guess but like <laughs> at the end of the at the end of preseason they said like we're putting you on a waiver they because David Blau I think he had like a game where they had a choice where they had to pick between David Blau or another quarterback and they chose that quarterback or they chose it was a Colt McCoy I guess. I think they only kept three, two or three quarterbacks, regardless of the fact he got waived. He got picked up. I think it was, I thought it was by the Vikings. I don't remember it being Cardinals, but he got picked up for their practice squad. And then of course I didn't know he was on the Cardinals. So, you know, there he is and went 24 of 40 for 222 yards and a touchdown. So it's not like he wasn't serviceable in the game. Yeah. I think it just kind of came down to Falcons having the ball last and they, they won on a game winning field goal. So at the end of the day, it's one of those games where both teams probably didn't really care. I mean, they were just playing for pride. <clears throat> Facts. And um, that's pretty much it. Like, just Falcons got it. But, I mean, yeah, Falcons have just been middling all season, too. Um, <clears throat> next game, Bears at Lions, which was a really good game. Like, basically, it was all, uh, with the score being 41-10 for the Lions. It was They were basically firing on all fronts from offense, defense, and special teams, especially defense with uh, Aiden Hutchinson and James Houston again, because Aiden Hutchinson got another pick in this game. Yeah, he got a pick. And I think Justin Fields was hurt at one point in this game. When is he and not so, When is he not? Yeah, he's he's taking a lot of hits early they're, on. Their offensive, just to be clear for everyone out there, the 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 Bears' offensive line is trash, which that's why I – it's weird that a lot of mock drafts are saying they should go after an edge or something like that, but I'm like, you need an offensive lineman. Granted – the was it the number two overall pick is a very high pick for offensive linemen, but you are you going to protect your big money maker in Justin Fields? Justin Fields showed has shown the fan, the franchise and the fans that he's a good quarterback. He I just feel like help. It, I feel like Justin Fields' upside is like Lamar Jackson, but even better at throwing. I think that's how. I think that's like whoa, he can whoa, be. Whoa, whoa, Lamar, he can be Lamar can throw. You don't remember that first yeah, season I know, he came in and he I know threw Lamar like five can... touchdowns on Miami. I know Lamar can throw, and that's why I don't say it lightly when I say it. I think Justin Fields can be even better. Ooh, that's not okay. That's is that I, I don't know. Is that your hot take, or is that just like that's just facts right there? I well, maybe depends on how it ends up. If it's a hot take or if it's just facts, we'll see how it plays out. Facts, um, especially with the Lamar Jackson contract coming up the at the end of this season. I think Joe Burrow and Herbert again is next season, and then Fields is the season after. So. That's going to be something. That's going to be something right there. Um, there's nothing else to say, but we just hope that the Lions decimate the Packers like this as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Jaguars at Texans, 31-3 Jags. We were both right. Yeah, Houston, that defense was not all that great. Um, no, they, it wasn't they, they, there. My my fam- I had family over there, too, and they left early, and I was just like, I don't know why y'all went to a Houston-Texans game. Like, come on now. Like, y'all knew what y'all were in for. <laughs> come on, man. It's the NFL. It don't matter if your team is 0-16. You still got to show up and boo. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, and I, I know at this point, for sure, Houston is just looking towards the draft because I would. Yeah, I mean they 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 kind of took a step back. Then you know they're coming into this into this game, you know, three weeks, um, last few last three weeks prior to this game, you know, their defense showed something, and they just kind of were completely non-existent. I think Davis Mills has shown that he might not he he's probably not that guy to lead an offense. He's kind of like a, a middling type of quarterback, and maybe that's that's not where they want to go. So look for them to either draft a quarterback, try to get a veteran, and maybe draft use their draft pick on a highly touted player on maybe the defensive side and just continue to build that out. So mm-hmm. um, there's, there's we'll many see. draft strategies out there. Um, yeah, we'll see on that one too. I'm, I'm, it's going to be very interesting just when we get to the off season and draft for sure, even excluding a Seahawks from it. Although let's include them because we have a top five pick since like the seventies. Was it? Has oh. it been that long? Yeah. I, th- I thought it said the seventies for the Seahawks, if not um the nineties at the latest. If it was eighties or nineties, I think maybe, but mm-hmm. it's been that long. Um, Broncos at Chiefs, which this was like weird, but it was twenty seven twenty four Chiefs. But like in this game, like Russell Wilson was low key kind of going off, and then it just you know uh, they lost, but like by three points. Because so it's also like you know kind of your point before that, like you know Chiefs is kind of looking sus. You were saying that. Um, on the defensive side of thing, not the offense, but Hey, maybe they're just looking forward to the playoffs at this point. Yeah. I mean, if, if it wasn't for the fact that that chiefs offense also has, um, a Travis or a Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey partnership, I think they'd be in a, a little bit more trouble as well, but yeah, it kind of ended up being a close game because Broncos were, or, uh, Broncos were mainly in it because chiefs were shooting themselves in the foot early and you know once things settle down um i think that's when they took over but the 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 big takeaway is russ now has more touchdowns than bathrooms in his house so congrats on accomplishing that week 17 applause applause all around applause all around get a smaller house (laughs) get a smaller house (laughs) what's wrong with the studio apartment baby (laughs) oh Oh, not the studio but um Uh, one man to give props to one man to give props to though is that Jarek mckinnon had um uh, two touchdowns in this game and he caught you know five passes for 52 yards and I think uh, I have to double check the statistic uh, but he has had at least one receiving touchdown for five straight weeks which has been like if you had him on your fantasy team like he might he probably won you a championship because he's been that productive for them facts or uh, hopefully you didn't have the bills and Bengals game you know yeah within your um which is it's definitely that's that's definitely a thing. So unfortunately, um, some people's are like stuck, while others, Jarek McKinnon, because I definitely saw him. I cannot get him. I'm tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in terms of running the ball, he only had two carries for four yards because Isaiah Pacheco had nine carries for 31 yards in his core. But they're not really a running team, so yeah, it's it's more it. of like a complimentary. It's basically like Bills and the complimentary. Yeah, yeah. They they have the complimentary run, but if they all of a sudden have like a decent running game for a change, it's then it's like, what do you do? They, <laughs> I mean, they they run the football so that defenses 
you know, to keep defenses honest on their passing. But like, um, I feel like it's the opposite for a lot of teams where they have, you know, ta- they have talented QBs. Like they have very talented QBs. So even if you like prep for the pass and stuff, they can still make plays. I mean, I saw something funny too, which was like it was like a meme saying like where the the draft positions of all the quarterbacks as currently in the uh, in the AFC are all first round picks. Meanwhile, on the NFC, you just have like a hodgepodge of late round picks, undrafted. Hey, the agents. NFC is showing you that it, you don't have to be a first round pick to be successful. Brock yeah. Purdy said, "I'm Mister Irrelevant. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. Look at me now." But um, that yeah, it was a really tight game. I saw some highlights here and there, especially like they were celebrating with Russ on like some of those touchdowns. So sucks you know, that they couldn't get that uh, it's it's weird because i know we're, we want the that pick to be as high as possible but it's like it's almost like dang the broncos are actually nope nope they lost they lost three points <laughs> yeah and you know i think one of the things to come out of that game one last thing to say on that is um you know russ kind of came out and said you know how much it meant to him that you know guys like jerry judy and kj hamler came out and supported him and showed like support for him and so in terms of like if we you know there's a lot of lot of shit that's just said around just to just for the laughs you know just like uh you know how how bad the the situation is in the locker room and stuff like that so for him to come out and say that you know that's probably big if you're a broncos fan it shows some sort of solidarity at least that you can build around because if you have like a pariah in your locker room like that like how it's kind of been blown out of proportion or you know maybe not so much out of proportion but either way um you, you can at least you have some reason for optimism come next season because some people really I, I i can't speak for what goes on in the locker room for the broncos but like it's really it, i just think about it from like the mental aspect of like dealing with obviously you're getting shit on by the media you know you're a big quarterback franchise quarterback going to another team that literally says we need a quarterback just to go to the super bowl and it didn't happen but like at the very Colin least Coward. Sh- <laughs> right Colin Coward you got a super bowl you guys Broncos are super bowl contenders for the next 3 seasons congrats oh good luck right that one um but uh it i think it's good for him because i think he did a little bit of growing this season maybe behind closed doors or something because like the fact that he had you know two of the two of the receivers on the team coming in backing him up i think that meant like like you said, I think I personally think that really means a lot, especially when he came back to the Seahawks. And, you know, it's like I did, you know, I felt like I gave everything for for Seahawks, but I got booed. Why? You know what I'm saying? Like, And I know all this stuff is like he's fake. You got to do this and that. And then apparently besides the whole thing with Russ on, you know, him, you have to go through his manager to call to get to him. Now I've heard that I've heard this is alleged that he has his own office and stuff like that at the Broncos or something. And it's just like, okay, but I'm just glad that at least there's like, there's some solidarity. We we've all worked at jobs, right? Where you, you're either a man of your, of your, a man of your people. Like if you work for someone, you're either a man of your people or you're a company man. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what people are kind of coming to terms with is that Russ is a company man. He puts himself, he is the organization, right? And in that situation, he's kind of isolating himself from the the players that, you know, protect him. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, even Pat McAfee even talked about it like he it it must be because they call it like um, I forgot his team is called like three or something like that because, you know, you know, his number three. Yeah. Team three and stuff like that. So they're talking about like this is what team three is telling you you have to do. It's like, come on, man, be a little bit more human. But, you know, I, you know, hopefully he's done some growing and we'll see what happens next year. Yep. But that's Uh, all I had for this game. Gotcha. Um, next up, Dolphins at Patriots, twenty three twenty one. Patriots, you got this one right. You kind kind of came down to the wire. I mean, it 
it was a weird game because you know Dolphins, you know, now have lost five straight. They've gone from eight and three in contenders for the top seed in the NFC in the AFC to eight and eight. So you know, kind of mirroring what we did, but a little bit lagged a couple weeks. And so you know, which, Teddy got which, injured. Which in one the, of the eight and eight scenarios would you take for your team? God. Like, if you I, I want the one, with, I, I want the one with three ties. <laughs> <laughs> I want, it's been a season of chaos for us. Oh man, but yeah, but man. I. I uh, you know, it was a weird one. Teddy got injured in this game as well, and so now they're running with Skylar Thompson. And do you really feel confident with Skylar Thompson come week? Yeah, uh, you have no choice weeks? unless there's a vet that you can pick up and I, then teach him within less than a week to play. And I, for your I don't. Team. And I don't think Tua is going to come back for this. That's, I think that's the other thing is uh, I don't think he's going to be. I mean, you're on your third concussion of the season, and you're still going to come back. You got some that 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 means that first concussion it must have effed you up so hard that you still like, I got it. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's just like, honestly, if you don't make it into the playoffs, it just kind of is what it is at this point. But that, that kind of sucks. It's disappointing though. Um, next up, we got Colts at giants, 38, 10 giants. We were both right because who was really backing up the Colts at this point? Yeah. Jeff. Daniel Jones went off though. <laughs> yeah, he did. He, he went for 19 for 24, 177 yards, two passing touchdowns, 91 yards rushing and two rushing touchdowns. Like he had his day. Like if this is the Daniel, jo- like trying to make Daniel Jones into something that he's not is a recipe for disaster. Like trying to make him like forcing him to be a pocket passer is like one of those situations. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, if, if you can, uh, if you allow him to be both like a dual threat quarterback, you can have a lot of success. But in this, um, in this game, too, though, Colts were pretty much lifeless. I mean, like, uh, to lack for lack of a better word, uh, I think the 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 uh, the highlight for them or the low light, whichever you prefer, is uh, when Nick Foles' night ended early when he took that big sack from Kayvon Thibodeau, and mm. you know that that was the thing that everyone saw where Nick Foles was kind of like convulsing convulsing on the uh, on the turf you know he was like it looked like he was having like uh, right he, beside nick Foles. who is that doing the snow being uh, making a little like snow angel Kayvon thibodeau <laughs> yeah so oh obviously he didn't know that you know he that nick Foles was going through that he was just doing he, like you know yeah. you get your sack you just celebrate like but you didn't realize behind him like or next to him that you know nick Foles was having like uh, i don't know like yeah convulsing is the only word i can use i don't think he got fined or anything like that so far from what I'm looking at. So yeah, and maybe the insulting part was when uh, Kayvon Thibodeau hit them with a night, night celebration, but I don't know. <laughs> Yo, he was just, I don't know. He was man. on one. He was on one that night. He, he's been, he kind of, he's been having a good season. Yeah. So he, he panned out well too. So um, next up we got Saints at Eagles 20 to 10 Saints. We were both wrong. And it's one of those things where it's like Saints are a very like tough, gritty team. It was weird. But um, I have nothing else to say. It was just like the, the you know Eagles didn't really start Jalen Hurts again. I know they're resting up and stuff, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, not much to say on it as well. They look kind of exhausted from their matchup. It looked like a kind of like a hangover match, like they against from the from their game against the Cowboys. It looked like they uh, they were um, what do you call it? They they were just exhausted, and so you know Saints kind of ran their script. They ran the ball a lot and just wore them down. And the final result is the final result. Yeah, and although like the Saints, I know they're going to implode in terms of some of these contracts and players leaving and stuff because they're always close to like the cap limit every single time. So again, offseason is going to be kind of pretty. So next up, we got Panthers at Bucks, uh, thirty to twenty-four Bucks. We both got this wrong because like, come on, like Bucks always choose to win when I don't choose them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Carolina kind of um, blew it in the fourth quarter. 
I did see that piece right there, but yeah, man, it, that was like that was. I think wasn't that this game for the uh, the the division, correct? Yeah, and I yeah. think with this game, uh, Buccaneers clinched their division, or it might have been last week. No, I'm not sure. I think it was this one. I think it was this one. Like this was the okay. one for the Panthers as well. Like if they won, you know, they would have clinched it and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a vi- the the big thing that I took away from this game uh, was it was kind of like a vintage Mike Evans performance. He had ten receptions for two hundred seven yards, three touchdowns of 63 yards 57 yards and 30 yards you would think that Jameis winston was just throwing hit throwing balls at him because that's what that's the that's what he he's gotten you don't, used you don't to, think but, tom brady can throw that far right <laughs> yeah there was a lot of yards after the catch but tom brady was able to huck it out there for which is impressive for a guy that's been man, around for that long receptions for 207 we sure this wasn't a madden game man <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um uh and then next up we have uh do, do, do. Oh, Browns at Commanders, 24-10 Browns. You got this one right. And, of course, this was the whole Ron Rivera not being aware that this was the game they needed. So maybe they didn't play that hard besides starting Carson Wentz. Yeah, and uh, I feel like if you had known that they were starting Carson Wentz, you probably would have picked Browns as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Because um, who, 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 who would have thought, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody. Not me. Apparently not Ron Rivera. Um, right. Uh, we already talked about the 49ers at Raiders. That was a 37-34. 49ers, we both got that one right. Again, Jared Stidham was was the guy. Still didn't make it, but like, who knows? He could be potential future QB for the Raiders, but no, we'll see. Yeah, and um, Brock Purdy had a good game as well. He facts. had 284 yards, two touchdowns, a pick. I mean, CMC almost had, had about 200 yards all-purpose, so mm. it was a good game. It was the game of the week for sure. Facts. Um finally or not finally but uh last three games we got vikings at packers that was a i don't know what happened to the vikings but i do know that they have a bad defense but it was 41 17 packers we both got this one wrong and it was just a bad game all around for the vikings yeah packers pretty much just dominated and that was that was the the uh the big thing with it because um they kind of dug themselves a hole early and you know they just kind of kept digging that hole I mean, special teams for Packers, they blocked a punt and got a kick return, which is pretty awesome to see. You haven't seen a lot of kick returns this year. Mm-hmm. Um, defense forced Kirk to throw three picks and lose a fumble, and just the offense didn't have to make big mistakes, and it was, it, it, you know, you get your, your end result, what you got. Not not very confident if you're a Vikings fan going at, and going into the playoffs if you're going in like that. Yeah, so... Um... Oh, and then Jerry Alexander held Justin Jefferson to 15 yards. So, and then he hit the gritty on him. <laughs> oh, I saw that. I did see that though. That was funny. And I was like, dang, because like Justin Jefferson was having like, a huge streak of like 200 plus yard games and 100 high 100 yard games, and then 15 He's, yards. Yeah, I mean, he he needed 250 yards in these last two games to top 2,000, and this definitely threw him uh, off. This is, unless he's about to have like a 400, no, I'm kidding, like a 300-yard game the next one, but I highly doubt it, especially with the playoffs around the corner. I think at that point, that I think they're going to start benching everyone. So yeah. Um, next up, we got Rams at Chargers, uh, 31-10 Chargers. We were both right in this one. Uh, Herbert had 212 yards and two touchdowns, and Eckler, oh, Thank God for Eckler, 122 yards and two touches on 10 carries. And of course, uh, also catching the ball as well. And he is still a monster, an absolute monster this season. Still number one in fantasy. Thank God. Yeah, he's a uh, he's not Austin Eckler. He's Austin him Eckler. Austin him. <laughs> I love it. Um, final game was the or yeah, 
well, technically, yeah, it was the final game. Um, you all know about the Bills at Bengals one. So last game is Steelers at Ravens, 16-13 Steelers. We were both right. Such a close game. But Steelers and Ravens are always a, a huge rivalry game no matter what. Um, yeah, there's not much else to say except uh, except that it was a very just scrappy win. So Yeah, I mean, I, f- I feel like e- this either of these teams would have been happy with a 6-3 to three win or something like that, but it was a big win for Steelers because they put them at 8-8, eight and eight, and so they have an opportunity to get into that 7 seed come in the, and uh, get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, what else? And that's it. So um, we don't know what will happen with the Bills and Bengals, but you know, just keep watch out there for latest news on that. Yeah. And are and- you ready for those Week 18 games, my good friend? Yeah, let's rapid fire through these. Go ahead. All right, we got Buccaneers at Falcons, and mind you, I'm going to say this as, as a, a um, as a disclaimer: a lot of these teams are going to be benching players. Like Buccaneers don't really have anything to play for. Yeah, they already have the division. Oh I don't gosh. think they can get to three because then they'd have to top either the uh, Vikings or yeah, um, no. no. So I might just say Falcons because I feel like Buccaneers are going to bench everybody. Yeah, because they're going into the playoffs, and you want everyone to be fresh. I'm gonna say Falcons too on that one. Like, unless you think their backups are gonna do that well. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know who their backup is. Patriots at Bills. Mm. I have, we're gonna have to go Bills. They're gonna they're gonna do a um, yeah. They need the win. To, they need. They're gonna do a tribute tribute to uh, to Hamlin. So and no one likes the Patriots. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Vikings at Bears. Oh, is Vic are, is, is like the Vikings gonna all of a sudden lose to the Bears too? <laughs> I I feel like uh, I think I feel like Bears are have kind of accepted their fates. So I'm going to say Vikings. Hmm. I want to say Bears because I one I already lost all the week pickums at this point, so I'm just going to say Bears in that one just in case. It's like why not? Yeah, this is our last one, so we're gonna we're gonna have to tally it up at the end after after next week. Of course. Uh, we got Ravens at Bengals next. Ravens at Bengals. I'm going to say Bengals because they definitely need to win it. So we're yeah, they. I, you know that's that's part of this whole week eighteen scenario with all the a lot of these things not clinched and stuff like in terms of like order mm-hmm. like it's gonna make a really exciting week eighteen Lions at Packers come on Lions, Lions. man come on Lions. <laughs> I need the the win <laughs> all right and this is the matchup of the uh, the of the weekend Ooh, Texans at Colts Texans. Texans at Colts I'm taking Texans <laughs> yeah because Colts are lifeless right uh, Titans at Jaguars Jags. Yeah, I think Jags kind of run away with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jets at Dolphins. That's Ooh. weird. I'm going to say uh, you have a Jets team with a terrible offense because their QBs don't can't decide who wants to be the starter, <sighs> and then Dolphins just have injuries. I feel like Jets have a better defense, and that's going to make Tyler uh, Skylar Thompson's job pretty difficult. So I'm going to say Jets. Yeah, because they could just say, hey, run the ball and don't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they don't really have – I mean, they have Mostert, but yeah. Uh, Panthers at Saints. Saints. Yeah, why not? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Panthers could take run away with it's, it. That's literally. the thing with that's the thing with their division, man. Like it, it's always a coin toss. <laughs> yeah, Giants at Eagles. I'm gonna go with Eagles. Yeah, they. I, they I they're gonna like they're, they, gonna, they, they're gonna fight for that number one. That number one because they want that buy. Mm-hmm. Browns at Saint at Steelers. Ooh, Steelers. Uh, Steelers. They have more uh, they, they 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 want that. They want that eight, that seven seed. The Cowboys Browns. at Commanders. Cowboys, uh, unfortunately. 
Yeah. Unless Rivera's like, actually, let me start. Let me start Taylor Heine. Heine. <laughs> <laughs> like I, the Cowboys, it's gonna be. It'll be I'm interesting. But I think because Cow- just know. just do it. I I, I kind of want the. I want, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna say the commies too. I just Come want on. <laughs> join just me. Want. <laughs> join me. Even though it's gonna be probably hopeless. Yeah, Chargers at Broncos. Um, I'm gonna say Chargers. Chargers. Uh, let's. They already let's have ride. their um. The they, they, clinch it. they they have a playoff spot, but I mean, I think seeding can still change and that kind of. But thing. we want we want Chargers to win anyway because keep that pick of ours high. So yeah, Chiefs at Raiders. We're gonna say Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, what, I, if I, I, <laughs> what if the Raiders? What if the Raiders said, you know what? Sit him and just sit him just goes off. You never know. You know what? Why not? I'm gonna say Raiders. They they said like we got we got rid of Carr. You know, Stidham is actually Stid Stidham is actually Stid him. So who knows? Yeah, and Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks. We got Seahawks no, because not, not, we, we're not changing. Cards at 49ers. This 49ers. is a hard one. Very hard. Yeah. Um, the refs. Very hard. <laughs> the refs. On the refs. <laughs> Do they call it a mercy rule? Sorry, <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. But that that wraps up all of our uh, all of our picks for Week 18. Obviously, we'll 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 keep our ear out for what the situation is regarding the Bills and Bengals and. Um, see how they handle that situation they might mm-hmm. just forfeit the game and then maybe do something strength of schedule based i don't know mm-hmm. we'll see but any any last thoughts from you adam before we sign off um well one i love this chaotic season minus the the hamlin situation that happened last night um it's been just so up and down a lot of teams that were either on fire and then they went cool and a lot of teams were very cold and it's like hey we're actually a team so very interesting season in that um, respect. And also, uh, I know I'm annoying you all with this, but um, it wouldn't be a situation. It wouldn't be an episode if you didn't talk about this. Go on. Oh, I know. I know. But like, this we is, all know this what's is coming. Funny thing. It's, so fantasy, right? I have two <laughs> fantasy leagues, as always. The, I rage quit so hard in my ESPN fantasy league. It was like during a it was like during the round of the semifinals. I saw that I was going to lose. I remember even telling you on the episode, like, yeah, I lost in I lost in my fantasy. I rage quit. I never went back into that app. Tell me why. It was today, before <laughs> recording. Like it was earlier today. And I was just looking at my phone. I was just looking at my fantasy cuz uh my NFL one, I'm in the playoffs. So I'm keeping track of that and I was like, how's it going over there in ESPN? And you know how in your ESPN fantasy, if you win, it'll just like show your score like, "Hey, you won." Da 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 and it said, "You won, bro." And I was like, "I I won." And then it showed that it was already like in progression for like the playoffs uh, for the championship and I'm in the championship and I'm actually winning. But then of course it has to all stop because of the, the Bengals and bills game. But like, wow, just wow. <laughs> you know, when you just like, you know, like, okay. So last week I said, don't, you know, don't, don't try so hard and things will happen. Right. This time it's don't try so hard and just forget about it. And when you yeah. come back, things will just be a lot better. <laughs> you got to walk uh, into an elementary do school. Not, do not do this. <laughs> you got to walk into an elementary school and just tell a bunch of first graders, hey, don't try. Life will figure it out for you. Right. You don't have to do anything. When you come back, a- you'll actually be rich because it did it for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. But that's it for me. Yeah, for me, it's uh, I'm just kind of looking forward to uh, an exciting week 18. Like we talked about, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. A lot of things are up for grabs. You know, so many teams are fighting for seven seeds. So many teams are fighting for for a number one seed. And you know, you also on the other side of the leaderboard, you got all the draft implications and stuff like that. So it's gonna be, it's probably gonna be one of the most invested week 18s I'm gonna or yeah week 18s I'm gonna be in mainly because you know we have that Broncos pick. But Facts. 
you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a good one. Facts, bro. But yep. All right. That's it from all of us uh, over here at the Mr. Epps podcast. Thank you all for joining us. You stay safe out there as always. Uh, Be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're on. Give us a five star rating for the podcast. You know, share it with your friends and family. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Miss uh, at Miss Reps. And we hope to see you again next week. Peace.